Dear Trail Show, Merry Multiracial Christmas. No word of a lie. I was disheartened to hear you defame my birthplace on a previous episode, but to make such an accusation would make me a hypocrite. I hoisted the Lone Star colors on Katahdin. That's why I'm giving you a flag of your own, so you can infiltrate those Texas barbecues and perhaps procure some tasty meats or southern beer that we sensuous nibblers of beers have picked out. Thanks again for an uncat-like podcast. Sincerely, John, Johnny Rocket, Dragovitz, JR from Dallas, but living in Albuquerque, not Texas, but New Mexico. By the way, this package is not only from me, but from the pile of dudes in the photo. Neef, Wall E, Blue Skies, JR. PCT 2014 and AT 2012. So we got to give it up for Mr. JR. He had someone drop off. A friend of his dropped off some beer. A friend of his from Texas drove all the way from Albuquerque, not Texas, and dropped off a bunch of different beer from Texas. Yay. Yay. Thank you so much. We're, We're actually drinking it as we speak. And not one of them was Lone Star, so we thank you. <laughs> Were you expecting the Lone Star? Well, that's like the Budweiser of Texas. Is that what they say? That's what they say. All right, let's start the freaking show. Bear has nothing to do with hiking. Get on a trail! We're talking about dirt, mud, blood, and guts. Que no parece fiesta. It's the trail show. My God, Paulie. Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. What the hell are you two doing, Mike? Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. What are you girls doing up here? Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Yeah! Paul Mags Magnanti. He's a fraud. And now, from Dilo's basement, it's the trail show. Woohoo! We are not in Dilo's basement. We're in Casa Magnanti. With a nice little campfire. For ambiance here? That's right. We are actually live from the Bobby Walter studio at Casa Magnanti in East Boulder, Colorado's up-and-coming beer district. You're listening to The Trail Show, and we're heard worldwide on iTunes, Stitcher, and the Appalachian Trail. It is Friday, December 12th, and we are happy to have you with us today. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell the Kardashians about The Trail Show. We've got an action-packed show today. There's lots of moving parts and lots of beer, D'Lo. Lots. Lots of beer. Goodness. I was worried that we wouldn't have any beer for tonight's show. We have. That's not a problem. Good. (laughs) You got to have Moxie. That's right. (laughs) To to get through tonight. You got to have Moxie. And we do actually have some Moxie in studio. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, We've got lots to cover here. Lots of beer to drink. Um, Do we have a special guest tonight? Ladies and gentlemen, he was taping a special across the hallway in studio this month. Trail show beers are back after a year and a half, Mr. Mike Scooby Page. Scooby, thanks for being yeah, on the show. Yeah. Oh, yes. Now, what was that special that you were filming <laughs> yeah. across the hall? What was that about? Uh, you know, stuff. stuff. Was it about your kids? Uh, you know, stuff. <laughs> stuff. It's about his goats. Yeah. Were, you film- were you filming a special uh, about campfires? No. Okay. So, <laughs> so Scooby, just in case... All those people out there who are keeping track. He hasn't been on the show since March of 2013, episode 10. This was well over a year and a half ago. Has it been that long? It, it has. has. I actually went into the vault, and I, I dug around, and I figured that out. Wow. It seems like just a couple months ago I was well, on the show. Well, <laughs> you, you did 
you were on the live show more or less. So that's true. And that was in August. Yes. But um, we brought Scooby in today, special because we have fourteen different beers from both Texas and Maine to sample, and Scooby is an international beer expert. (laughs) So we're gonna be getting his uh, expert opinion on all this beer. So. Really quick, yeah. Scooby's indirectly responsible. It's not a bad thing, but for one of our first bad balonies. That's true. <laughs> They're like, mean? because one person, Frank Patriot, said, Oh, you guys discuss beer too much. And that came just <laughs> after. <laughs> it was after the show he <laughs> yeah, was on. Yeah. Well, that whole show we discussed beer. That's all we did. But that's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a great show. It started a good trend of bad baloney. And we all picked the. A different beer is the world's best beer. That's right. Remember. Which is cool. Yeah. But that's is that's cool. how humans are. Yeah. But yeah. as I recall, none of us picked the world's best beer as our favorite beer that night. Is that that's correct? correct. Which yeah. is also cool. As, yeah. If I remember correctly, Dila liked the one that tasted like pennies. I did. I liked the one that tasted like battery acid, I think <laughs> is what we, what we <laughs> he, said. He gargles with change. And, and by the way, um, most of us picked the Rochefort 10 that night. I remember and that. P.O.D. and I have continually bought that beer since that show. Every night. As like, no. <laughs> but no, for like, you know, a special occasions, like a yeah. celebration or something. Because it's that good. And it's the price is much better than the West Veletron 12. So It's much more attainable, too. Yeah. And actually, the Rochefort, we've tried the Rochefort 8 now and the Rochefort 6. And they're all quite good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, a Frankie P, if you're out there. There, we dedicate yeah. this to you. Yeah, right. this show is sponsored right. by Frankie P. If you're still listening, <laughs> <laughs> enough about beer for now, Max. Let's set the table. We'll set the table. We're gonna have trail news. Our trail month. I'm actually super stoked about our trail of the month. The Great Eastern Trail, 1800 mile turn of the Appalachian Trail. It looks oh. really cool. I can't wait to hear about it. Uh, the top ten from one of our listeners. We got to bring it back. Thank you to this listener that will announce. Some outdoor trips, of course. A surprise segment, which I don't know about, but it'll be a surprise, hence the name. A little announcement about a certain movie, about a certain book that we'll be organizing for our listeners. We'll be there. Is that the book Dilo's been reading? Absolutely. What are you up to on that book? I got about, I think I've got like a page and a half left. You just want to savor it till the movie comes out. Yeah, I do. I do. I I just don't want to know how it ends. I read um, maybe like half a word a night. There, I think there's like a helicopter rescue and explosions. Yeah. yeah. Half a Did word you just ruin it for me? I'm sorry. Dude. He treats the, the pause after the period really seriously. It's you a know, long it's good. Pause. Savor. It's like a good meal. You I kind of like, I kind of meditate a little bit as right. I read that word. Each Mindful and meaningfully, no less. Yeah. Right. Um, we'll have a trail tip. We'll have some mailbag and shout outs to our wonderful sponsors. We're going to look at a movie tonight, uh, Return to the Wild, and a little bit of an opening act for one of our listeners, CP and the PCT by Wesley Crusher Trimble. Crusher! Whoa, you just and, crushed my eardrums. And who's a geek here? Do you get Wesley Crusher? Anyone get it besides me? No. Oh, uh, really? Wes- what? Wesley Crusher. Oh, come on. Scooby. Will I- Wheaton. Yeah. Don't be a d- Will Wheaton. No one gets it but us. No. I don't uh, know what that is. Uh, Can, do you guys want to explain is or not really? Is that some like, computer nerd joke or something? Wesley Crusher or Star Trek? Oh. Didn't know. Uh, Will, moving along. Did you say Will Wheaton? Don't be a d- Will Wheaton. Is that what you said? <laughs> Scooby, never mind. Yeah. Okay. We're just, we get it. That's all that counts. I guess I better get on the internet. <laughs> I didn't bring my Star Trek unitard tonight, so I didn't get the joke. Awesome. Uh, Lots of bears of the month. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, of course, our segments, we have our muted musings. Um, we have some 
questions from our hikers and a gear review that's seasonal appropriate. Ooh, I like that. Ooh. I tell you what, let's get into uh, what could be a very long segment tonight. Segment tonight. Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month. Beer of the Month. Beer of the Month. All right, Dilo, what, what are we drinking tonight? Go. Uh, where's the list? <laughs> I got it. It's right here. Okay, okay Pudy, so over to you. Two people had their friends drop beer off at our house. Stilts from Maine. Stilts, big em up. And Woo! Johnny Rocket. Johnny John Dragovitz. He sent us some Texas flags, too. And he, yeah, he sent us beer from um, Texas and Texas flags. Via his okay? friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, his friend. those are what those are. Yeah, well, we've got to fly the colors here in studio if we're going to do this This goes on right. rolling the flag. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you, the listeners, what we have sampled thus far. Okay? Does that sound like a good plan, guys? <laughs> it does. No one's listening Check to me. Check out this flag. I am. I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> Check out this flag. Dude, is that the Puerto Rican flag? <laughs> no. How dare you? <laughs> is that the North Carolina flag? How dare you, sir? <laughs> sorry, no, it is not. Sorry, JR. I just and don't know And sorry, Hector Cortes, oh, yeah. who is from Puerto Rico. Uh, apologies, Hector. Okay. Okay. So, thus far... We have sampled the Peeper from Maine Brewing Company. Um, and still says that their beers were featured like in Facebook about in the best beer towns or something. So anyway, he said he really likes their stuff. Yeah, I, I got to say, so far, the Peeper is one of the best that I've tried. Peeper's it, awesome. It's a little hoppy. Uh, there's a, a little bit of lemon or something in there going on, and I guess some peppercorn. It's the zesty. Yeah. Got to get the zest. Yes. It's pretty unique. Okay, we've also tried the Marshall Warf. Warf? 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 Why can't I say that? Warf is that character in Star Trek. Is that the MW in that what? can is right there? Is this another Star Trek reference? Okay, so Hell yeah. Is that the MW in the can? Marshall Wharf is a brewery in Belfast, Maine. Okay, so mm. we've tried some of their beer. Um, near Bahaba. Bahaba. No, you're overdoing it. It's Bahaba. Oh. Just Bahaba. <laughs> <laughs> and also from Maine, we have tried a can of Moxie. Oh, yeah. And I have to tell you what Stilt's right. He says, Moxie is Maine's soda. Was once a New England thing, but now it's mostly just Maine. I think it tastes like cough syrup and boat fuel. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's, so, a, that's a little inaccurate. So Moxie's as, awesome. As yeah. some of our listeners know, I come from New England. My grandfather used to drink it all the time, and the infamous Uncle Jack as well. Uncle Jack. Hey, and hey. So we can't, are, we those, can't really tell any Uncle Jack stories. No. <laughs> no. So yeah. the, There's those no are, Those are the main them. beers that we've gotten into. Though. Did you guys actually try this? Oh, uh, I haven't tried that one. I'm oh, yeah. drinking it right now. I tried because it. it is made with kelp. It has. Guys, I am trying to read the beer list. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Vacuum tubes? Okay, so those are the three things we've tried from Maine so far. From Texas, we have tried the Rar and Sons, the uh, from Four Corners, the Honey Ale. The Rar and Sons was the bourbon. The bourbon. That Everybody was really that. good. Uh, nope. The Revolver from Granbury, Texas. And that was the... That was the real fruity one, I think, with the blood orange. I think nobody's listening. <laughs> I am. And we are. We really <laughs> want to talk about the MW. And also the the coconut beer from Nine O Three Brewers. That so was pretty unique. Yeah. Also. Uh, and I just want to add before we before we get any further into the beers, as we highlight them, I just wanted to say that props to both of these guys because they both they had their friends drop off beer from small breweries. Breweries that are kind of like, you know, socially 
aware and all that kind of stuff. And I just so. want to just really emphasize the fact that these guys went above and beyond the Call of Duty. Yeah. I mean, they they relayed this beer across the country. Like I, I I witnessed how they set this up. Like they got the beer in Maine, and somebody was driving from Maine to Albany, New York. And the beer made that first segment, right? And then somebody else came in from Albany, New York, who was driving to Cleveland, Ohio. And it's then like the beer relayed it's like the across. No, and it was just amazing just it, how this beer relayed across the like country. It was like hands across America. No, yeah. it was exactly. like the Olympic torch. <laughs> yeah, it, they were passing this beer from person to person. <laughs> in fact, there's a ceremony at the door tonight. It was that's like right. a, a, a fireman a, with the water bucket relay. That's right. And, and you know. Johnny Rocket, he had to get the beer first from Texas, then to Albuquerque, then to us. I, it's really amazing just the coordination that goes into this. And know? I just wanted to highlight that revolver beer that we tried. Yeah, is that the bourbon? No, the it was the revolver. Oh, revolver. It was the real fruity one that yes. had the, the blood orange My or something in it. My wife really loved that one. I just wanted to point I want out. A sip. What's that? Is there it's any gone. left? Oh. I just wanted to point out that that particular beer is from Granbury, Texas. And that's a family owned brewery, as are several of these that oh, are nice. on the list. But they have their own aquifer. Wow. Oh, sweet. So they use water from their own aquifer, and they have a farm. And I don't know, just seemed kind of cool. Hmm. But s- props to both Stilts and Johnny Rocket because incredible selection. Thank you very much. And we will much. continue yeah. to highlight those as we come back from break. And I tell you what, can we call an audible here? And instead of going into trail news, can we call um, yeah, we our should. Trail of the Month we expert? Should. Okay. Do you want to introduce Trail of the Month? Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I am super stoked about this trail. It's more of a route versus trail, so there right away. I love it. The future of through It's a hiking. grand... Uh, the Great Eastern Trail, the other get, the Eastern get. Yeah, now there's two GETs. What? Are, how are we gonna? What's the acronym here? Well, it's like Alda versus Alda West. Sure. All right. So this is the Eastern GET. The, the EGET. It's, it's the EGET. EGET versus the the Quicket. Get. Or what if we just call it the GETE? Oh, Ooh. there it is. But in you any guys, case, you guys it's, like that, huh? It starts you <laughs> very very close to the northern terminus of Florida Trail, so you can connect it. And it goes 1,800 miles to just south of North Country Trail. And it's, uh, it's at 1,800 miles. It connects to Penhody, the Benton Mackay, if I correctly, the Allegheny Trail, and some other trails in between. And it just looks like a less popular, little more rural-slash-wild version of the Appalachian Trail. Cool. Okay. And let's so having said that, let's call up let's our Let's get expert. her on the horn. All right. The old ear horn. If she's around. Oh my god, that kelp beer. Might even play a oh. prank on it. <laughs> it's interesting. Hello. Hello. Hey Joe, it's Disco POD, Delo, Scooby, and Mags from the Trail Show. How are you doing? Doing great. How about you guys? Fantastic. Just happy to be here. Ducky. Yeah, I bet. I saw the uh the beers you posted on Facebook. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, we are we're getting in our cups, Joe. Yeah, I am I am super jealous. Do you have an adult beverage in hand by any chance? Alas, it is sleeting outside, and I have to drive later. Oh. So oh. Where, where are you, by the way? I am in Mound, Minnesota, home of the Andrews Sisters Trail. Okay. Andrews Sisters Trail. <laughs> wow. The Andrews Sisters have their own trail here wow. in Mound, Minnesota, which is, of course, why, why I moved here. Of course. Ah, very good. <laughs> we'll Mr. have to feature that on a future podcast. Mr. Sandman. <laughs> Well, tonight, we're hoping you can talk to us a little bit about the Great Eastern Trail. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's my baby. Okay. And you've hiked the Great Eastern Trail? Is that right? Yes. yes. 
uh, last year, Hillbilly Bart and I hiked from Alabama to New York, completing the trail. Wow. Okay, so I don't think a lot of our listeners might be too up to speed on the the Great Eastern Trail. So where does it start? Where does it finish? What mileage? What Just some general stats. Give us an overview. Sure. The Great Eastern Trail is about 1,600 miles long. It starts at Flag Mountain in Alabama, which is a cool starting point because it's the southernmost mountain in the Appalachians that rises above oh. 1,000 feet. Oh. oh. There. And it roughly parallels the AT for 1,600 miles until it gets to Moss Hill Lean-To in New York. And that is at the junction of the Great Eastern Trail and the North Country Trail. So at that point, mm. you're at an intersection of 10,000 miles of hiking trail. Wow. wow. That's cool. So you could do a loop then on the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You could, you could really choose your own adventure and do all sorts of things. How long did it take you to walk the trail? <laughs> Way too long. Uh, <laughs> we, started, we started in January and ended Ooh. in June. We took a long time because we, we did some detours for events, and we really spent a lot of time promoting the trail because we both really believe in it, and it was definitely worth our time to kind of drag out the hike as long as possible. That's cool. Who, who wants to go back to civilization anyway? Exactly. Yeah, no, no boy, no. Now, now uh, was it really crowded when you started the trail in January down there on the Florida-Alabama <laughs> border? I mean, was it hard to get space in the shelter and stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, yeah, it was like just a lineup of hikers. <laughs> now, are there shelters on this trail? Uh, it really depends. So this is a trail that's made up of pre-existing trails that are linked together. And each trail retains its own blazing system and its own personality. Hmm. So, for example, in Alabama, the Great Eastern Trail follows the Pinhoti Trail, and there are shelters on the Pinhoti Trail. But, for example, uh, in Tennessee, on the Cumberland Trail, there was only only one. Hmm. Is most of it then, most of it, there's actually trail tread, there's a footpath. You're not just kind of bushwhacking and going cross-country, is that right? There is very little bushwhacking. Although, for, for the very adventurous, there it could be, if they wanted if they wanted to. Wow, okay. Sounds like an eastern in CDT. A, a if the trail gets too crowded, you could go <laughs> off do some bushwhacking. <laughs> So what was your favorite part of the trail? I mean, if you could just go back and do one, like, five-day section, what, 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 what part would you do? Uh, I really fell in love with the, uh, with the Allegheny Trail portion. So uh, the, tra- the Great Eastern Trail will hopefully co-align with the Appalachian Trail for about 16 miles around Parisburg, Virginia. And the Allegheny Trail branches off of the, of the AT, and that's the direction that the Great Eastern Trail goes. So the, the Allegheny Trail just had amazing mountains. It had Hanging Rock Raptor Observatory, which is, which is this Whoa. adorable little building perched upon a hanging rock, and you can see forever. Hmm. What, t- tell us about the Pennsylvania route, because I'm familiar with how the Appalachian Trail goes through Pennsylvania, and I've heard people from Pennsylvania tell me that the AT doesn't, doesn't do Pennsylvania justice, that the more impressive mountains in Pennsylvania are further to the west. And I noticed that the GET excuse me, the G-E-T-E, goes, to the, <laughs> goes, goes further west in Pennsylvania. Can you speak to that? Am I, am I correct in that assumption, that what I've heard, that you know, the A-T doesn't do Pennsylvania justice, whereas the, the G-E-T may? I would absolutely agree. Yeah? The Great Eastern Trail uh, has a bifurcation. Hikers can either choose the eastern route or the western route. 
so there's there's two different routes in Pennsylvania that you can go on. And I would say that both of those routes uh, were more interesting and and even more beautiful than the AT in Pennsylvania. Have you nice. you've hiked the AT in Pennsylvania? I assume. Yes. You're an yeah, AT hiker. Yeah, the AT okay. in Pennsylvania ain't hard to beat. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> hey, so, go ahead, Max. Please. I was going to say so. You started in January. That's probably a little different than most people would start. What would you recommend as an ideal window of hiking as far as start time, going, say, northbound and southbound for that matter? For northbound, I would say late February, early March. Okay. Uh, and for, for southbound, it, you know, it really depends what time of year you, you want to go. Because it's a shorter trail, you don't need it nearly as much time. You know, it took Hillbilly Bart and I, you know, five months, but this is very doable in four, four months or, or even maybe even three uh, if a person is really well prepared. How, go ahead, Dilo. How many miles long is it? You mentioned it's short. How many miles long is short? <laughs> well, it's 1,600, so it's only really short by yeah. a couple crown standards. Uh-huh. Ah, uh, yeah. So maybe I was reading something wrong. Um, it says on the website, was it 1800? I just misread that. Or is that like side trails included as well? So I mentioned that there's a bifurcation. And oh. so it, it's an 1800-mile network right now. Got um, it. Got okay. It. And, and, of course, we're adding trail because the trail is currently 72% complete. Okay. And as we route off of roads and onto trail, that almost always makes the trail a little longer. Oh, how about trail towns and resupply? What would a GET through hiker uh, get to expect as far as trail towns and resupply go? Overall, I think that resupply is easier on the Great Eastern Trail than on the Appalachian Trail. And part, part of that has to do with the, uh, the fact that the Great Eastern Trail isn't 100% complete. So when you're on these connecting road walks, they quite often lead you to a, a small town. Okay. Uh, I've got a list on my website, uh, gethiking.net, of all the places that we resupplied. Oh, we cool. Did not, we did not hitchhike once oh, awesome. on, on, on hmm. the trail. Oh, we I like able, that. Yeah, we were able to walk into town, uh, or sometimes we would yogi a ride, or we had trail angels help us out. But it was it was extremely easy if your you know standards for food are low. We were resupplying <laughs> out of... Out of small places. I was hoping to hear stories about Alabama hitchhiking. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I picture this being like the early days of the Appalachian Trail. You're going through small towns. Maybe many people don't even realize what you're doing. Do you get kind of that vibe as well, that this is something off the radar? It's like the Appalachian Trail where everyone's like, oh, here comes a hiker. It's like a seasonal migration almost. Yeah. I, I really think it is like hiking VAT would have been decades ago. Quite often people had no idea that there, there was even a local hiking trail, let alone that it was part of this network that could, could stretch from Alabama to New York. It, it was really kind of fun to, to have that experience. I'd, I'd only ever hiked trails that people knew about before. Oh, yeah, I, I kind of that's kind of appealing. Yeah. Actually, sound, it's, it's really sound, cool. It sounds like the CDT fifteen twenty years ago. Hmm. I mean, this sounds really great. <laughs> Is there one place on that I and looking at the maps, the overview maps, it looks like there's one place where the GET comes together with the AT. Is that correct? Yeah, she just we're talked ho- about that. Yeah, she we're did. hoping we're hoping for a, for an alignment of about fifteen miles near Parisburg, Virginia. It's not official currently, but hikers can definitely use that ah. to connect the dots. Cool. Okay. I know that stretch of trail quite well. I went mm-hmm. to grad school at Virginia Tech and used to go out and 
hang out in Parisburg on my spare time. <laughs> so, <Great place>. if, <laughs> yeah. if you had to tell one story that kind of encapsulates the whole GET experience, what, what would you tell us? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, no, I'm laughing because the possibilities are endless. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, no one, that, that's not fair. A story you like to tell. Yeah. That might be a better way of putting it. One of my favorite uh, experiences was the, the most miserable day on the trail. And that was in Alabama on, on one of the highest ridges in the state. We were very close to the high point, uh, which, you know, isn't super high, but we were still higher than everything around it. Sure, sure. And it had been raining for days. And although the forecast said we were going to get more rain, it was in fact snow and sleet and uh, everything in between. And so everything we owned was already wet, and we were wet and miserable. And even though I'm from Minnesota, uh, I was really not doing so well. I was getting pretty hypothermic, and uh, thank goodness Bart was able to, to help me. <laughs> he helped me get changed out in the middle of the trail. I had one, one last dry pair of clothes. Wow. So I was, able to, I was able to put that on, and we made it down the trail. Each mile was taking about an hour because the snow was so thick and it was covering the blazes, so we couldn't see where we were going unless we went from tree to tree and scraped off each tree to see oh, where on earth the blazes. Wow, off. hardcore! And it it was getting it was getting to the point where it was very dangerous. But we were incredibly lucky that we were near Chiha State Park, okay. and they happened to have a lodge there. And we got in, and they said they had room available. And I plunked down my credit card so fast because I really did not care at that point. I didn't care. I was getting inside. And we, were, we got into our room, and we'd been told that they had a restaurant, but it was closing in half an hour. So we had to beat feet over there. We couldn't even take a shower or change our clothes. We had to get to the restaurant and have some warm food. And as we were sitting there eating our food, Bart was just shaking like crazy. This is when it started to hit him, you know, how cold he'd been. And he turned to me and he said, Joe, you know why I had to save you up on that mountain, right? And I was thinking, well, yeah, you know, we're friends. You like me. Of course you'd save me. But that wasn't the reason. He said, you're from Minnesota and you used to live in Alaska. Nobody would ever believe that you died in an Alabama snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people think it doesn't snow in Alabama, but it, it can and it does. Yeah. And it was so surprising. Alabama was a very surprising state for Bart, who'd never been there. It's incredibly mountainous and beautiful. Hmm. And, and it, it's a state that really deserves to be explored more. Very cool. Well, I'm glad that you guys uh, made it to that lodge, you know, without yeah, anything exactly. too bad happening. That could have been ugly. How was yeah. navigation on the trail? Was it difficult or fairly easy or somewhere in between? It definitely depended on the section of trail. So like I said, it's, it's a network of trails that are linked together, and, and each section has its own personality and its own strengths and weaknesses. Some sections of the trail are so well-blazed, so well-marked, that you can just kind of cruise. You don't have to think too much. Other sections, you have to look at your map, you have to look at your guidebook constantly to make sure that you know where you're going. Do you have any idea of how many folks have actually hiked the entire trail? I, I'm sure uh, it's a pretty small number at this point. It, right now, it's me and Hillbilly Bart. Oh, oh geez. Uh, <laughs> there's two people. 
the pioneers in that wow. show. Wow, <laughs> very cool. Congratulations. I didn't realize that you two were the only two. <laughs> That's awesome. We, we have a lot of people that have uh, section hiked large portions of it, uh, and they're, they're recording their miles. And uh, Hammock Hanger was the first person to, who, to think that it could be through hiked, and she has hiked a significant number of miles. So there are a lot hmm. of people that are chipping away at it. Scooby, it's ripe for the picking. So get out there. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, tell us <laughs> if been hiked southbound. Ooh. No one, so no one's done a southbound. There's no FKT yet. for nope. the southbound through hike. Mags, <laughs> it's it's ripe for the pickings. What are you doing with this day job, man? I know. Honey, <laughs> I'm gonna go I'm gonna wake up my wife and tell her I'm quitting work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also want to put out there that because Hillbilly Bart and I took our time so much, it'd be really easy to beat our uh, our speed <laughs> record. It's true. We gotta <laughs> get Maybe Trauma and Pepper will be ready for a little <laughs> summer vacation when they get done with the winter PCT hike. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. If, if folks want more info on the GET, is there a website, or what would you recommend? Yeah, there are two websites. There's greateasterntrail.net is the official website, and that website has got lots of information. There's also gethiking.net, which is where Bart and I posted about our hike, oh, and cool. we also have lots of information on there for the next through hikers. I have a list on there of all the maps and guides that they'll need. Wow. Uh, oh, nice. Resupply points, general oh, advice. When, when I decided to hike the trail, I spent about six months gathering information and maps. And this trail still definitely requires planning ahead of time. But hopefully, whoever hikes it next won't need to spend six months trying to figure out what they're doing. Gotcha. That's fantastic. Well, this sounds like just, I mean, there's so much beauty back east in the hardwoods, and but this seems like a great alternative to the Appalachian Trail. Less people, a little more exploration, choose your own adventure, as you said. This just sounds like an awesome, awesome trail. It was absolutely fantastic, and I, I have never hiked a trail more than once, and I think the Great Eastern Trail will be the, the first trail that I, I do a second time, just because it's evolving really wow. quickly and... And there are so many places that I'd love to revisit. And you got to beat that record. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stay out seven months next time. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Joe, thank you so much for being willing to come yeah. on the show tonight and talk to us about the Great Eastern Trail and educate Trail yeah. Show Nation about the, this trail. It sounds phenomenal. And congrats to you and Hillbilly Bart on completing the first through hike. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Cool. Have a good night, Joe. Happy okay. holidays. Thank you. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. Bye. Very good. And there she goes. It, it sounds like the CDT of the East. It really does. Yeah, it sounds pretty unique. Or like the AT in the 60s, man. Yeah, what, yeah. it just sounds like it'd Picture be a that. wonderful way to see some Eastern mountains and trails and woods. And, you know, I mean, as much as I love my time in the Appalachian Trail, I don't think I could do it again. I couldn't. Oof. I'd like to. But I could, but I you wouldn't could. have you to. Could? You could definitely. hike. You could hike the GETE. Wait, wait, Scooby. Let me ask you a question. If you did the AT again, would you carry a toothbrush this time? <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, that's a good question. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've got I've got about six hundred miles towards a second AT hike. That's all you. And I'd kind of be interested in finishing that up someday. Maybe not in one fell swoop, but in bits and pieces but i think the g-e-t-e would be cool oh Sounds yeah cool 
I, I think it sounds wonderful. I think it'd be a great, great way again to explore the East Coast with the mountains. And fall in love, fall in love again with the East. What do you think, yeah. D'Lo? And you could go back home, visit your family, and then have them shuttle you because I know you like to get shuttles to the trail. They could shuttle you to the start of the GET, and you could be the first southbound through hiker. You know that would be fantastic because I have never been to Alabama, Alabama. and I've always wanted to go. I listen to so much Southern rock, man, that <laughs> Alabama has like this special place in my heart. Yeah. And uh, I know nothing about it. You know, I feel like an outsider. I want to be there. I want to go there. I want to just see it, man. You know? You should come. Hey, I watched the Muscle Shoals documentary and it touched my heart, man. I want to go there. Well, next you, time I go visit my dad, you should tag along. All right. And maybe you could be the first Alabama hitchhiker on yeah. the GET. Yeah. I know that the I would first find first and the last. I would find some place to hitchhike. I I don't know what Joe's talking about. I would find some place to hitchhike. <laughs> make it happen. I would. Make it happen. I would. So sweet. You'll make a home in Alabama. All right. I, I do. You what. never know, man. Back Did in those hard woods. Look, let's uh let's go to break. We'll come back and we'll do trail news and then we'll take it from there. We got some beers to drink. All right. Hell let's do it. yeah. Damn it, Bobby. I told you to quit listening to the trail show. Grab a brew. The Trail Show is back. You can find us on Instagram.com slash The Trail Show. Okay. We just opened up some more beers. All right. What do we got out there? What's that, Scooby? This is from Some Brewing Company. Somi. Somi. Somi? Wait, is that how you say it in Maine, Mag? Somi? Yeah, that's correct. No, they say say down coast. It's from York, Maine. York. And what is it? Uh, it looks like it says Crystal Persuasion. I couldn't read that. Ooh. I didn't know what Crystal that Persuasion. Yeah, Come on. I what like kind it. of beer style is that, Scooby? You are our Sounds like an adult in-studio beer store. expert. All right. R- real quick, though. Before we go crazy, we got to talk about the Marshall Wharf Seabelt Scotch Ale brewed with sea kelp and from sea Maine. salt. This is, I think this was a Come prank. On, Scooby. More this than was that. a prank beer that our friend Stiltson is. Stilts. Mags, did you like it? Well... Yes and no. It brings back memories of being 10 years old with the water coming over me on the shores of Rhode Island and sea kelp just hit me in the face. <laughs> I really liked it. You did? I did. Okay. And a beer I, judge. I, but I'm, so. sure, I'm sure it's like, you know, it's extreme beer. Mm. It had a unique taste. I think a little of that goes a long way. Yeah. I, I, um, I did not like it. So you guys <laughs> definitely are not. Like Scotch drinkers, then. Well, no. No, I, no, I drink Scotch whiskey, but I don't. Yeah, Scotch whiskey. I don't like Scotch ales. I love Old Chub from Oscar Blues. I don't like Old. But if you I get don't man, what is Old Chub? It's just boring. Nah. Ah, boring. Yeah, come on. Ah, come but on. you're this... used to lots of hops and things. Oh, hops! More hops is still more hops. Well, you know what? <laughs> this beer had that salty iodiney character that oh. you get in a lot of like Scotch whiskeys. I love oh. the taste of iodine. <laughs> I feel like I'm 10 years old getting covered by the ocean again. It brings back some good memories. Mouthful okay. of kelp, of man. I like went underwater and came up What's with that a other mouthful one? of What's kelp. What's that black and orange one there? Dilo and I just cracked that. That's the, uh, this is from Baxter Brewing's Stowaway Ooh. IPA. 
How is it, guys? It's good. I thought it was L- really good. good. Let me tell you what he says about that. He said, um, I'm kind of over the IPA hop one-upping everywhere, in parentheses. Who cares if the beer tastes like <laughs> just dumping a bunch of hops and nobody will ever See? find out? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a lot of the hoppy beers are like people who can't cook. People who can't cook just throws a, a crap ton of spices and things. That's how I think a lot of hot beers are. But at the same time, it sells really well. Yeah. Yeah, but so do Can I like try that one from the brown bottle? What's that? Oh, that's the that's Baxter. The Crystal Persuasion. The Somi. Oh. The Somi. Max, Max, tell us about the hey, Crystal we Persuasion. That I'm about to take a sip. Please do. Well, real quickly about the IPA. So Baxter Brewing Company, apparently they were the forerunners of the main canned beer movement. Ooh. Not to be confused with the main canned bowel movement. Very different movements there. And one of the very first craft beers that was in cans. Anyone? Uh, Dale's. Dale's Pale Ale. Oscar Blues. Oh, Budweiser doesn't. Lions, Colorado. Or Scooby. Yeah, Budweiser. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh. Ooh, I like that. And with all the news that's fit to be heard, Mr. Paul Mags Mignotti. Mags, take it away. I'm going to get the sad one right out of the way. Because this is serious. We had a death in the hiker community. Um, PCT hiker, you know, Benjamin Newkirk, smooth. Oh, yeah. Very young. He died. It was on the PCT per se. It was in the South Sister Wilderness. Very well known. Oh, yeah. Very sad. Um, I condolences to friends and family. And locally, we had another young man pass away, too, uh, Peter Jeffress, third this year on Long's Peak. Gosh, Long's Peak, it's unreal. It's unreal. It's, it's very accessible. It's, uh, it's a hard They said it was one of the deadliest peaks in Colorado. Well, uh, I believe that. Yeah. Well, that will be my next news segment. That, no, that's okay. But I'm just saying, I just my condolences to the friends and family uh, of all these very young people. It's a shame what happened. So now that we get the sad news out of the way, Scooby brings up a great segue. So thank you. Outside Magazine listed the 20 most dangerous hikes. I'm not going to read them all. I'm just going to go over some thank highlights. God, yeah. most dangerous. That per it's death. Or injuries per 100,000, basically. Okay. So something like Mount Washington, yeah, it's very hard, but it's also very accessible. It also had the Maze District in Utah. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Bright, very isolated, so that makes sense. The Bright Angel Trail in Utah as well. Okay. Mount Washington, as I just said. Devil's Path in New York, which I'm not familiar with. Are you familiar the with that, too? Devil's though? Path. I am familiar with the Devil's Path. It's in the Catskills, I believe. Oh, I, And okay. I have hiked it, and I'm surprised that it's so dangerous. Is it just easily accessible during winter? It's pretty easily accessible, and, and the Catskills are, you know, steep. So, yeah, when it gets covered in ice, okay. you could easily slide down an eight-foot nice section luge. of rock and so I could see land that. on your head and die. Um, yeah. Long's Peak was in there. It was a third death this year, as I just mentioned. But there's a mountain in China, which I'm not familiar with. Hushan, I apologize for my pronunciation, rumored to kill more than 100 people a year. Is what? that that one they always show where it's like this crazy rope ladder and you have to like go around the curve of the, like the mountain where there's like a two-inch ledge and stuff? Hey, very well, maybe. That sounds... Like you might die there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the caveat from outside, no official th- statistics exist. Ooh. Ooh. So, so they're just making it up. Hey guys. Probably. That Somi is really good. It's 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 just so, so you I know. Need to get into some of that. It's so you. Some Somi. I'm enjoying this IPA even though uh, our good friend Stiltz, he's he's already bashing and kiboshing and Anyway, thanks, Stiltz, for sending. Right. It's quite, quite lovely. Uh, I thought so, so, too. So we have more social media morons. Uh, <gasps> oh, no, Max. So a guy was tagging in Big Ben National Park. Tagging? That, you know, graffiti. Hashtag? Uh-huh. 
Oh. <laughs> well, he did because it was on his website and Instagram. But you know how they caught him? He had his spot publicly uploaded. <laughs> so all his coordinates. So the National Park Service was able to track him by his spot. Yeah, he, he, he tagged hashtag his name on the rocks. That's right. Did he really? He's not sure how the Twitter works, so he... <laughs> it took a picture of it. Oh, my gosh. Just kidding, huh. D'Lo. But, yeah, so if you're going to do graffiti... Actually, don't. You know, don't. If you're going to do graffiti, don't. There you go. There you go. But more importantly, don't put it on a spot. at oh. least just deface some 2,000-year-old petroglyphs. I mean, come Ooh, on. yes. <laughs> Let Casey knock it. But anyway... <laughs> So this is kind of cool. Speaking of Eastern hiking, the chestnut, they made a blight-resistant chestnut. That was one of the most... <gasps> yes. No, I'm serious. That's this, amazing. I'm so excited. Because this was one of the trees of Southern Appalachians, and the blight just ruined it. Now they found a, a strain of it. Wow. So maybe many years from now, the chestnuts will be back, which is a very part, crucial part of the Appalachian history. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I hope it works. I When I was at Virginia Tech, there was a lot of research going on... Um, there's a Chinese chestnut, which is very similar to the American chestnut. And they have found a couple populations of American chestnut mm-hmm. that weren't affected by the blight. And they're, like, super secret where they are. Yeah, they're super secret. And you won't find them on um, on uh, someone's know, spot someone's spot device or their Instagram account. But uh, I think that they've hybridized. They're, they're, they're basically producing a, a tree that's... Um, it's like 99% American chestnut, but maybe 1% Chinese chestnut. It's ivory chestnut. soap, 99.44. That's <laughs> right. But anyway, it's going to be resistant to the blight. And yeah, just like you were saying, 70, 80 years ago, the American chestnut was the dominant tree, dominant overstory tree in the southern Appalachians. And now it's mainly oak trees. Dilo. Is this a genetically modified organism? Mm. I don't Breathing. know, man. Debatable. I hope so. I actually just I, I don't think it is. No. They've just been crossbreeding. Okay. Yeah. Come Which on. It's different. It is different. Dilo, you're sort you're of. leveling all sorts of accusations over I was there, just man. asking, GMOs. man. Okay. Well, I, I was hate thinking, the GMOs. There's, there's actually two American chestnuts on the campus of CU Boulder. <gasps> do you know where they are? I do know where they are, but it's it top secret. Them. Yeah. No, it's not top secret. Oh, okay. They got signs on them that says American chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Well, that's actually are they pretty, large trees? They they are fairly large, but I don't think they're as large as like they were getting. Right. And uh, I, I also know that the American chestnut was largely uh, used for the furniture industry. Yes. I remember uh, reading a story. When the blight happened, a lot of the phone companies were very opportunistic. They said, cut them down. We'll help start the blight. Made them to telephone poles and power lines. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Great. There's some forward thinking. Well, they did that on purpose. It was cheap lumber to yeah. string up the power lines. Apparently, though, for whatever reason, the blight doesn't really affect the trees out here. Hmm. So that's why they're growing on the campus. Okay. They're not native to Sweet. this area. No, they're not. Area. All right, what it's else do you seven. got there, Mags? All right, another YKT, oh, but no. I know Buddy Backpacker PCT, six years old. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> It'll be on the CDT next year. I need a Napoleon. Hey, you said that's all you're going to say. Let's move on. All right, all right. Buh. Wait, I know. I want to know more. No, Buh. He's just six years old at the Don't PCT. take the bait. He no, looked, <laughs> yeah, don't take Delo's bait, man. He, he looked happy when the photos that I saw, man. That's all I'm going to say. Everybody who met him said he was always had a smile there we on go. his face. He Great. was smiling. There we go. Another record. <laughs> the first female yo-yo, the PCT. Rain dance from Ireland. Wow. No kidding. Yep. When did this happen? About a week or two ago. Wow. What? Yeah, first female. Congratulations, I, rain dancer. That's really cool. I think that's awesome. Huh. Yeah, so there you go. Who knew? There you go. A few people. Uh, and now we all know. There we go. Uh, Appalachian Trail limits a stay, overnight shelters. 
you can only stay three days in a 30-day period. <laughs> Dilo, man. In the shelter? Dilo's yeah. off the trail now. Why would you want to stay more than one night? <laughs> you well, really like the mice. Imagine if the homeless population of Boulder had access to a three-sided lean-to permanently. It's true. Dilo's off the trail. I would be just hanging out, man. I would yeah. just, uh, I'd be farming, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet you farming would be farming. Weed. No, I'd be growing corn and chestnut trees. All right. And this is kind of a, a callback to the South. Utah intends to seize control of 31.2 million acres of its own land known to control a federal government because the Utah governor in 2012 passed the Transfer of Public Lands Act, and they're demanding 54.3 million acres by December 31st. From where? The federal government. Utah wants control of the federal lands. What? Yeah. Like uh, a part of Utah, or is that all? What? All of Utah. The governor wants... He uh, wants the lands back for the state of Utah. Yes. Because they right. say they can take better care of it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with all the mineral rights and natural gas and coal <laughs> that's buried in Utah, of course. Oh, but, uh, and I say man. it's a call back to the south. because sorry. What happened last time a state wanted to seize control of federal land? Anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that state just keeps getting more and more. What? And Utah is one of the most beautiful states. It is. It it, is it's just incredibly amazing. beautiful. Speaking of Baxter State Park, we're discussing during the break. Baxter State Park is just putting its fist down. It's getting sick of through hikers taking advantage of the beauty and the rules. And really? Stuff. So what's going they on a, there? They sent uh, basically a, a letter that's online. You can read it. They said they're, they're catching uh, through hikers using fake service animals. Through hikers? Yes. They've been... Uh, wow. The only 12 people at a time are allowed in a group. You have 40 or 50 through hikers trying to end the trail at once. They want to summit together. Yeah. Jeez, And I, we'll put the link on our Facebook yeah, page. Let's do what is the official up. separation of groups? Like, Do you have to be like five feet behind or like 10 <laughs> feet behind? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm guessing 50 people summiting at once definitely breaks that. <laughs> Yeah, come on, Max. Whatever. Why yeah. would you summit with that many people? Well, I, honestly, there's that many people on many of the popular mountain yeah. peaks in the east on any given weekend. So who's to say? How, wh- yeah. Like I Scooby know. said, what exactly. is what is the quantifying? And the thing is, you know, it's written in the law. It's, it's like they be must be separated yeah. by you know 5. by ten feet, feet or something, yeah. one mile and, or and, I don't know. But the thing is, is that the the trail up Katahdin, it's not like you're going to destroy it. It's all rock and rebar. You know what I mean? It's not like I yeah, can but see. I don't think it's on just one thing. It's my wilderness. Dude, don't ruin my wilderness experience. I just <laughs> think it's an accumulation. <laughs> They've been through hikers been Max. calling the uh, the park officials trying to coordinate shuttles through them. Yeah. Well, what? My question is, Mags, why are you trying to ruin Dilo's wilderness experience? Don't ruin my wilderness experience, man. I just want to enjoy hey. the wilderness because I'm that kind of a guy. Yeah. <laughs> And it's shifting gears. Okay. <laughs> this is a, a plug to the CDTC. They're doing a campaign right now. If you can donate, there's 32 miles left. Move off the roads on the divide, apparently, in the Koshitopa Hills. Oh, cool. You know, get on the divide away from the ATV. So if you can, donate some money on their Indigo campaign. But finally, this is a new development in our April brew hike. <gasps> oh, a, a wrinkle or a... A <gasps> good one. A good Gr- wrinkle. Grossenbot, which I apparently... Uh oh! Wait a minute, Scooby just laughed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what's the correct? well? If if you know German, this is yes. I asked. So I asked my my darling. Oh woman. yeah, oh, I saw okay. that. I said, "What does it mean?" Big she beard. Ma- yes, and the logo is a hipster beard. 
Yeah. Big beard. That's and all of their glasses have beards on them. But more importantly for us, it is a sixth brewery within the loop we can do. Yeah. So, trail show listeners, come April, Longmont, six breweries in a loop of about five miles. And we're going to have Boom. a celebrity guest on that hike, aren't we, Disco? We might. It just depends. we got to reach depends. out to him. He's a very busy man, but we should reach out to Mr. And Money Mustache. Mr. Money Mustache might be on the hike. We'll see. <laughs> Let's not start rumors. <laughs> He might like Grossenbart. Very cool. So that's all the news that's not so fit to print. All right. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Paul Mags Mignanti. Thank you, Mags. Okay, this month, we've got a little switcheroo here. Normally, I read the iTunes Top 5, but we had a listener. Ken from Laguna Beach sent in a Top 10. We haven't done a Top 10 in a long time. It's been a long time. Okay, here we go. Top 10 reasons why you should not stop hiking when you are older. Number 10. You listening, Scooby? I am. Because Because you only need to do your trail prep once. You can hike the same trail over and over, and it's brand new every time. D'Lo already does that. Yeah. (laughs) D'Lo, could you speak to that? You know what? It's not brand new every time. I have noticed that. (laughs) Okay, number nine. Because Social Security has already funded your Kickstarter thru-hike campaign. I like that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Number eight, because it's better to pee on public land than to pee in a pull-up. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Number seven, so you can press the need help button on your spot device. If your kids really care, they will finally come visit you. Number six, in fact, since your kids don't really care about you, while you are on the trail, they will be happy to use your car and house, which is all they really want anyway. Oh, Ooh. man. I like I w- that. That's good. Some weird family dynamics. Yeah, there. what's going uh, on there, Ken? Ken's just speaking the truth. That's right. Number five, because even though the hike from your bed to the easy chair with the resupply in the kitchen already has an FKT you can't beat, you still can crack the OKT, oldest known time. That's right. All right. Number four. Because while you are on the trail, you won't be harassed by all those AARP, this is not a sales call, sales calls. Mm. I don't get those yet. <laughs> no. Wait till you're 50. They come in your 50. We're okay. we we about 10 years. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's getting close. Number three, because some ramen with bugs and some beer are better than anything you'll ever eat in the old folks' home. Huh. All right. Yeah, probably. They probably give them MREs or something. Probably like that Jello fruit cocktail of that <laughs> oh, lettuce. God, number, lime Jello. Number two, because trail, <laughs> because trail tail is better than assisted living ass. Ew. <laughs> oh God. no, Ken! Oh, it's terrible. All right, Very terrible. But oh, so good. And the number one reason why you shouldn't stop hiking when you are older. Because you can stay in one spot forever once you're dead, and you're not dead yet. <laughs> Get on the trail. Thanks, Thank, Ken. Oh, Thanks, Ken. And by the way, Ken says, I hope this inspires the Needleheads to get back to work. I'm laying down the gauntlet. You can't rush art and all that, but they are too funny to sit on the sidelines. So, Needleheads. The Ken, gauntlet has been thrown gauntlet down. The gauntlet has been thrown down. We need some top tens from what you. What is a gauntlet, anyway? It's like a goblet, it's right? It's, like it's a, a glove. Oh, it's a glove. It's a uh, glove? I thought yeah, it was like a... Oh, like uh, in hockey. <laughs> when they throw the gloves down. What, what did no. they have in the Monty Python? Yes. The grail. I thought it was like a grail. No, it's a, it's a chain mail glove, essentially. Uh, and they would throw it on the gauntlet to challenge you to a duel. It's See, in hockey, they throw their gloves off so they can actually punch you with their... You know, I like this. Yes. hand. 
Tri- I went to a, a, a fight and a hockey match broke out. No. Uh, never heard of that. Never. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Man. No, that one's no, Disco. That means a uh, wah, 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 wah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Anyway. <laughs> moving on. Okay, moving on. Please. It's enough with the sound effects. Please stop. Stop it. Disco. Stop. I think, didn't someone request more sound effects? Yeah. We I actually, think the onion. I well, take the onion. Well, no, no. <laughs> I'm sure it was the onion. Okay. Outdoor trips for the past month. Where should we begin? How about with me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, we always like to start with D-Lo. I've taken one outdoor trip in the past month. It was last weekend. It was a three-mile hike with a toddler on my back for about two of the three miles. Okay. Yep. Where'd you go? I, I did the loop that's about a uh, mile from my house in the open space up there on the, the Lehigh Road there. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Lehigh Valley. That's, that's the, the climb, loop that you know? we always take the boy hiking on. That's nice. I haven't done any trip. We went to Michigan for Thanksgiving, but I haven't done any trips. Hmm. This good did some chainsaw. Chainsaw? Yeah. What did you cut down? Well, it was already down. So POD's dad always lets me run the chainsaw when we go visit. And uh, <laughs> Did it, you bring your chaps? I actually, I did. Yeah, you brought your Kevlar chaps. I Sweet. actually had some shipped direct to his house. You mailed wow. them. You mailed those Kevlar chaps I, to his house. I huh? did. In huh. that way, I could be safe, whereas yeah. in the past. And you could do the village people on the side. Oh, you just need <laughs> blue jeans and a flannel. You'll be uh, fine It was out great. There. As soon as he like got suited up to go do some chainsaw, my dad comes, well, not running, but comes in the house as quickly as he can. And he's like, where's, where's the camera, Hazel? I, I want to go get, where's the camera, Hazel? I want to go get a picture. And I was like, what are you going to do with that picture? Like, it's, it's going to be terrible because my dad has, like, the shake. You know, he's got, like, the tremors. So it's going to be a bad picture anyway of Disco. Wearing his uh, Kevlar chest. Covered in blood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway. Geez. Well, I didn't do anything as exciting as Chainsaw, but I did go to Capitol <laughs> Reef over Thanksgiving. Oh, did you? Nice. What? Yeah, we camped out for Thanksgiving. Okay. And uh, it was a beautiful free National Park campsite, the five-mile round-trip hike right from the campsite. Oh, very Primitive good. Camps. Nice. Went, went to what's considered one of the best hikes, apparently, in Capitol Reef, Lower Mully Twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, Man, that's Hayduke country. Exactly. I've been Upper Mully a few years ago, but never Lower Mully. That's okay. just a beautiful, beautiful hike. I think it's Muley. Is it? I don't know. Hey, I'm from New England. Mully, Muley, forget about hey, it. Hey, uh, Scooby. Yes. Do you know who John Lovitz is? Yes. Don't you think there's a little... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> resemblance there? Absolutely. You've brought that up before. I know. Absolutely. I always compare to... No one ever believes me, so I have to ask random people. Yeah. Strangers. Short Jewish guys for some yeah. reason. <laughs> Scooby, what about you? What kind of trips? Actually, you moved your goats, right? I, I did move my goats. We've been moving our goats a lot. But we have like a new property and we put up a bunch of fencing. Nice. Oh, cool. What kind of have fe- five goats. Kind are of you fence? making goat cheese and stuff? or what, Absolutely. We are, are making goat cheese. But, but right now it's winter, so we're not getting any milk. But oh. we did do some awesome breeding. We rented a, a buck. A buck goat. A buck goat. It's funny. It's like it's the <laughs> opposite of this the human world. Me. Yes. You know? So you rented a goat for... Yeah, you know, they're pretty cheap. There's like uh, 40 bucks for three weeks. That's you a know? cheap rental. It's just like, all I, you got to do is give it some hay. I can barely rent a tile saw for that kind of price. So is the goat like <laughs> smoke a cigarette at the end? <laughs> I'm done here. Yeah. <laughs> little Barry White. He's got a little port do, in the glass. Do you guys put a chalk bag on his chest? 
<laughs> you figure out who he's been mounting? <laughs> no, that's a good idea, though. Well, that's what they do yeah. with sheep. Oh, okay. Yeah, they because they, my brother has a sheep farm, and he has four or five bucks. Yeah. And each one has a different colored chalk bag on their chest. Oh, awesome. And that way they can tell which ones... Which one got tagged. Exactly. <laughs> you know, this would be... If I was back in my 20s, this would be so much easier for dating. Like, you could say, oh, you've been with so-and-so. Oh, dear. Good Lord, Max. Well, Max, I don't know where you that were dating. Control at, tonight. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, I did go up to Chautauqua. I did. I around Ooh. Thanksgiving, we actually rented a, a cabin up at Chautauqua. And really, some of uh, Diana's friends came down, nice. or, or her her sister actually, and and uh, we went hiking. So wow, just That's up fantastic. in the trails there. Not nothing fantastic. too serious, but you know, did you have fun. a giant sun hat on? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Where did that come from? It's winter. <laughs> yeah, come on, Peter. Well, the last time I went hiking with Scooby. It was on the Colorado Trail. Oh. And he had a giant And sun he hat. looked like he... No, he didn't have a sun hat. Oh, and he, and he looked was like wearing a his fleece hat just to, like, cover what he could of his head because he was, like, getting... Oh. There's exposure. There's exposure the up there. And the best part is that his fleece hat that he made himself was either neon orange or neon green. I can't remember. <laughs> it's orange. Okay. So no sun protection at 10,000 plus feet. Yeah. Serious business. For for our listeners that can't see Scooby, he has blonde hair, blue eyes, and kind of a lighter complexion. Lighter. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> well, does that, Mags, I know you did more than a trip to no, Capitol We're just Reef. doing one trip. Okay. I'm saying, yeah, it looks there were, like. There was parts of it, though. We went to Goblin Valley. We saw a petroglyph. Oh, little trivia about did Goblin Valley. Um, a lot of filming's been done there. A lot of filming's been done, including, is it Close Encounters with the Third Kind? That was Dev- um, Devil's Tower in Wyoming. Oh, I'm thinking it of- was Galaxy Quest that was filmed there. Galaxy Quest, that's it. So and all you John got- Carter Goes to Mars was filmed not too far from Capitol Reef. Oh, very cool. Because it looks, you know, they're, they're dry red area with the rocks. looks very Martian-like. And trail show historians might remember, we featured a news piece about Goblin Valley yeah, State I was Park gonna say- about a year ago. When the Boy Scout troop leader pushed over one of the goblins. And they oh, said, that was that place. Yeah. Yes. Is that an IPA? No, it's a crisp pale ale. Oh, I would love to. Extra pale. Extra pale. crisp. From extra oh, it's, it's a Scooby. Can I grab some of It's that? a Scooby. <laughs> it's extra pale. Max, did you camp <laughs> at Goblin Valley State Park? We did on our way uh, back. You did? Yeah. It was a full, almost a full moon. So it was were there weird. other people camping there? Because that's like a very popular. It was about half full because it was yeah. Thanksgiving weekend. Uh-huh. Very family friendly, but I've never been there. Because I know in the warmer, you know, non-summer months, you need to kind of book. I can see why. It's very family friendly to go yeah. through there. We only stay there because it's on our way back. Gotcha. I went to Sago Canyon to see the Barrier Reef uh, petroglyphs, which are oh. 2,000 years old. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So Now, did, weren't you just at an open space that was 3,000 years old last month? That was three billion. Oh, my bad. I, I got my... <laughs> it's no, only wait three, a minute. It's wait only 3,000 years old if you're from Kansas. Mags. Ouch. The Earth is only five thousand <laughs> five hundred years old. As I said, old. if you're from Kansas, it might be. I don't know what this three billion number is. We've had five thousand five hundred years. All right. of, okay. I want to get yeah. to this. Is this a surprise segment? Because no. I'm about to gouge my eye out. That's a new end. segment will debut on tonight's trail show. One that diverges slightly from our normal routine of beer, trails, and nonsense. Or does it? Without further ado, may we present to you. Disco and Delo's home improvement and tool tips. Oh God! Yes, that's right. Home improvement and tool tips. <laughs> yeah, 
did you guys hear that saw? Cutting wood. Oh. The, uh, so, Disco. Yes. <laughs> you should see Scooby's <laughs> So, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so I hear you just installed some tile in your bathroom, man. Tell me about that. It's true. I what, did. I just installed uh, thirty-five square feet of ceramic tile, dude. Uh, from, so you chose some really fancy rectangular tiles. Is this where we take our bathroom break? So first, let me says? ask you why you chose not to go with a more traditional tile. It's all about economics, Dilo. Economics? And the tile happened to be half price, and oddly enough, the exact color I wanted. So tell me, how did you cut the opening for the toilet, man? Because in the past, I just trace it out, make a series of close parallel cuts to the line I traced, and then knock them out with a pin hammer to create a rough opening to shape the toilet. But you, my goodness, man! My goodness! <laughs> you used an angle grind! <laughs> My yeah. angle grinder. Dude, tell me about the angle grinder. You made a plunge cut in the tile with an angle grinder. All right. So wow. Using an angle grinder is really a secretive process. It looks like Dilo's about to crap his pants. My, my first experience for the record. with one was watching folks use them on YouTube videos to cut through those expensive $200 bike locks. I hope this isn't multiple pages long. I knew if it could cut through a titanium bike lock, it could also be used to cut through ceramic tile. Dilo. That's fantastic. Bravo, man. I'm familiar with the angle grinder. <laughs> man, wow. We, we got to tone down that song in the back of the studio, man. Our listeners won't be able to hear that. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Tone down the saw, Disco. Let's talk. One thing at a time here. I'm familiar with the angle grinder, so I may want to use one this <laughs> spring to make accurate cuts in flagstone for walls and patios. And now, Dilo, I hear there's a structure taking shape on your back deck for the storage of wood. Is this true? Yes, this too is true. Oh my god, there's another page. <laughs> okay, well, tell me about the structure, man. How'd you plan it out? What tools did you use? Uh, what tools did you learn to use on the project? What do you got going You're on? You're not reading from a script, are you? You're just <laughs> no, no, no. off the top of your head. <laughs> yeah. I am going to the bathroom. Dilo, please. Oh, well, let's see, man. I, I, on this project, I purchased a circular saw, which I used to make rip cuts in two-by-fours, man, and it's brilliant. It's like I got myself a rafting square. I, like, clamped it onto my two-by-fours with the appropriate distance between the edge of the rafting square and the shoe, and then I just ripped cuts, man, through hey. two-by-fours. It was fantastic, dude. M Mags left the show. I, you know, it wasn't supposed to end like that. I was actually supposed to end with some strife. I was expecting Mags or P.O.D. He, he left. He, he literally left, left the studio. <laughs> we, we I was <laughs> expecting. I was expecting. I mean, the whole point of this segment was. Oh, he's be, back. Oh, he's, he's back, back, ladies well, and gentlemen. I was hoping that they would actually, like, you know, physically attack us and try and take the microphones away from us or something. Okay. Um, but okay. That, that didn't really happen. So well, that was about as successful as my tech corner from. Uh, <laughs> so let me get this right. We spend more time talking about home improvement than outdoor trips. That's right. On oh. a trail. Somebody keeps turning their song. I know who's in the back of the studio making cuts. Oh, I actually night. have a home improvement project <laughs> with a drill. Really? Tell us about it, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> You'll like this. So my ski boots yeah. were a little worn out. So I put new plates in them, <laughs> and I used the drill and screwed them in. That's oh, fantastic. Very good. Did it That's sound fantastic? It sounded like that. I huh? used the drill, a power tool. Okay. 
That was our newest segment, dear listeners. That was I, I actually did an outdoor home improvement project. Very that's good, that's Max. Cool, dude. That's that was the that was our first segment of Disco and Delo's home improvement tool and tool tips. And probably first our last. And, and last. we'll be back next <laughs> month with more tool tips from Disco and Delo. When next month we talk about miter saws. Ooh. <laughs> All right. And with that, we'll be back from break to get into a little trail tip, mailbag, beer and bandwidth, sponsor shout outs, and everything else when we get back. El Camino Programa. Menos Equipo. Más Cerveza. Hey, this is Rigatoni. And this is Angel Hair. And we're the Noodle Heads. And you're listening to The Trail Show. And we're drinking a lot of beer. Dilo, let's check in. What have we just popped tops on, Well, sir? I'm going to have to defer to uh, Mr. Scooby Michael Page over there because okay. he has all the beer in front of him, and I am just a lowly peon when it comes to beer. When it comes Scooby, to what's in your hands? All right. We just opened up the main beer company, uh, Mean Old Tom. It's got this awesome, like, disagreeable face on it. It's a it's a stout aged on natural vanilla beans. My favorite thing about this whole bottle is it says "Do what's right." Enjoy yeah. this beer fresh. And Stilts says about Mean Old Tom, I usually only drink it in the winter after dinner. Bonus points if I shoveled a lot of snow that day. And Scooby, your response to that? I actually, I you know. That's 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 cool. I I this is a great beer, but <laughs> I think you should drink it more often. Yeah, I agree. I mean, still, you know, you, you don't have to limit yourself to this like s- small period of the day. Just like enjoy <laughs> this beer because it's accessible to you. You know, and it's called it's Mean beer. Old Tom. What else do we have over there, Scooby? I think everything. Can else we talk about the about. Crystal Persuasion? Oh yeah, let's talk about the Somi beer. Is that I, how you say that? Pod Somi. Somi. This is my favorite like Sobo favorite beer of the day so it's far. Southern Maine, right? Yep. Yeah. Scooby hates oh. it. This is this is from York, Maine, which is yeah. very far south in Maine. It's eight point two percent. Ooh. Ouch, man. I don't know what style this is supposed to be. Crystal persuasion. Well, isn't crystal. That, isn't crystal that some style. sort of like? It's got meth in it. Well known. Crystal. Yes. Style of beer. Crystal. Uh, no. Chris, crystal is a malt. It's uh, a particular malt. malt. Ah. Mm. So maybe it's got a little crystal in it. Little Chris Dahl. What else? Is there any of the cans over there? I think everything there? else we already talked about. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Did we talk about the can of the IPA and the can of the... Uh, yes, that's yeah. the one that he said just... But that kelp beer, though. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, man, you're crazy. I don't know how you can call yourself I... a beer judge when you like that kelp beer. You know what? We did not talk about the Pomola Extra Pale Ale. We did we not? Did. No, we did not. We talked about the Stowaway IPA. We got the Pomola Extra Pale Ale. That was a good beer, too. Very crisp. Very crisp. I'd he say said, that's a... He, he said, oh. is isn't my favorite, but it's decent, so what the hell? What I liked the? it. You know, I think it's a nice uh, quaffing beer. <laughs> a sessionable beer. I was going to use the word session. Yeah. You were going to use the word session? Yeah, what about quaff? Would you use the word I w- quaff? I, I would, now that about, you mentioned it. What about the other QF word? Where's that hipster guide to beer Change vocabulary? The i got to pull that up, man. <laughs> And now it's time for a little trail tip. And this month, I'm throwing it over to Scooby. He's got a special beer tip for you. Scooby, take it away. Hey, yeah. I, so the thing is, is I got to, you know, I'll go to like a Thanksgiving dinner, and people are like, "Can you bring some wine?" And I was like, 
how about I bring some beer? You know, and they're like, ah, you know, I'm really more of a wine drinker. You know, so but I always try and introduce beers to people because the thing I think that a lot of people don't understand is there's a whole world of beer out there, and every single day there's a new beer coming out, including kelp beers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but you never know what's going to stick with a person. Right. So you know, try and f- figure out what might this person like, and so find that beer in the in the grocery store. Preferably, it's a local beer, and you know, bring it. Bring some interesting, different kinds of beers, and you know, just try and get people to open up to beer. I, I bet you could put any non-beer drinker in this room right now, and one of these fourteen beers they would they would dig on. Sure. I guarantee. You know, it. it's interesting because back in two thousand nine, we had Thanksgiving dinner at my dear friend Mary's house. Yes, and it was when we first moved to Boulder, and. Scooby was there. You may yes. have moved Max to Boulder. Was there. Adriana was there. Dila was there. Wendy was, was there. there. Yes. Oh, yeah. was there. Everybody in this room was there. And we all had food assignments. And I told Scooby, I said, just bring some wine or something. And he said, well, I won't bring wine, but I will bring <laughs> beer. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. Bring some beer. You know, that was an awesome Thanksgiving. It was. It was. It was awesome. It was just great people, great food, just really And enjoyable. great beer. MacGyver was there, too, yeah? Was he? I don't know. I he don't showed know. up a little later. Yeah. And you know, that Thanksgiving actually rivaled the Thanksgiving we spent at Delo's old apartment. When it, it, what, <laughs> at some point during the evening, rivaled. I saw Delo on all fours <laughs> crawling to his bedroom because he had eaten too much turkey and may have consumed too many beers. Delo, take it away. I think it wasn't just beer that he consumed. I think it was something else. I don't think I was consuming any Hulk cookies then, if that's what you meant. No. Princessa. <clears throat> Anyway, <laughs> there anyway. it is. No, that's not what I meant. What did you Gwen mean? Gwen the So the tip is bring a variety <laughs> of beverages. Yeah. Is, is that, what did you call me? That's D-lo, right. That's D-lo right. D-lo I mean, Gwen the Just, you know, it's, it's always good to, like, try and expand horizons, right? And, you know, I think, I think more and more people are opening up to the world of beer. So, you know, I always bring something new. Very good. Like a kelp beer. <laughs> And that's your trail tip. And we got holidays coming up, so don't be afraid to bring your your wine loving folks some beer. Force it on them. Just don't bring them crap. You yeah, know, bring get it. Crap. Bring good beer. Like Life the, is too short to drink crappy beer. Like Natty Ice is great, or Milwaukee <laughs> Best, or, yeah. or Milwaukee's Best Ice. Absolutely. Okay, very good. With that, let's do a little mailbag. Beauty. We don't have any mailbag. I have mailbag. Oh, oh. I didn't get any mail this month. Oh. Well, a first from e- Wait a minute. Can I say something real quick? I emailed POD earlier today, and I was like, remember, you got to take care of mailbags. She was like, got it yeah, done. Yeah, I didn't have anything. It, she, all she told me is, got it done. And then right now, she just says, oh, there's no mailbag. You, she could have expended the same amount of words in that email to say, there's no mailbag. And instead, she said, got it oh, done. Oh, God. Okay, Max, please continue. Oh, you know. <laughs> Any case, I don't know. I think it's kind of Max fun. has mail. Max yeah. has mail. Max has mail. That's who Please. I am. I'm in the background. I get things done and just do it. Very good. All right. Anyway, I want to let you know this is E Forster W that I'm a newbie hiker and not a beer drinker. Okay. But but I thoroughly enjoy the show. I love the length, the content, and the banter. You guys do a great job. I've learned a lot about U.S. trails and hiking culture from listening to you guys. In fact, I'm planning a section hike from the Florida Trail because of your show on it and the Pinhoni Trail. Wow. Wow. I don't 
I know they don't compare to the iconic trails, but they're rel- they're in relatively close driving distance, and I really need to simply get on the trail as often as I can. I think that's pretty cool. Dilo, he that's said he cool. wants to get on the trail. I want and to go to Alabama, man. Yeah, he's right. Uh, well, here's the next part of this really quick. Thanks for what you do. If I sang coffee, would you drink it? I own a coffee shop. Yes. Yes. It's still a brewed beverage, right? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So and we'll have Scooby back because he's also a coffee kind so, of So, yes. So, eFoster W, send POD an email at pod at thetrailshow.com and she'll give you shipping info for coffee. We would we, love We'd some. love some good dark roast coffee That's or whatever right. you have. So, all right, the next one is. And we'll do a brunch show. A brunch of mimosas or yeah. some waffles. Stout. Stout. There <laughs> you go. Some breakfast stout. Some breakfast IPA. So, Through Train from Twitter says, at Trail Show. Show number 30 was terrific. And Ask a Hiker response by PMAX Co. Has inspired an early New Year's resolution. Okay. So, whatever. So, just Bill. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What was the resolution? He didn't say. I'm just reading. Well, you only have 100. Through train. Left you hanging. Through train. Please tell us, sir. Well, he did a follow-up. Basically, enjoy what you can in the outdoors. Okay. He was a gentleman who wrote that, you know, he got off the trail. He was kind of a little bit lost and. Yeah. Not oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting grad school. I remember school. that. Anyway. Oh, yeah. And this is a nice follow-up to it from Just Bill. Well, look at you guys getting all sensitive and serious during the Ask a Hiker segment. Touch me right in the Graham Weenie. <laughs> <laughs> Graham Weenie, huh? Another fine show. Thanks. Oh, cool. Thank you. And our last one is from Ken S. via email. I had the thought to write up a gear review for the Trail Show sticker. Ultralight, waterproof, I think can go anywhere on the outside of your pack, and with it, you always have friends to make new ones. I fully intend to trail test it on my next hike. Mm. So I would say, hey, Rebecca Gear Review will gladly read it. And a second part to this email, I also have a thought to put together a trail show trivia drinking game card deck, but I have been too busy to get together in time for the Christmas show, Stocking Stuffer. And once I heard your bonus show, best of the first two years, I realize you guys would probably only go at half of them right anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not so good at our own trivia. Through listening makes it all stick in your head a lot better. Through listening? That's what he put. I wow. like that. So that's the mailbag. Thank you, Ken. Does, uh, does it count for mailbag if it comes in on Twitter? Sure. It's Yeah. yeah. It's just comments to us from our listeners. Okay, because I remember that you used to have issues with um, your post man or woman just you know, bringing in fifty pounds of mail a month. I remember we used to talk well, about this. Well, about one hundred and forty characters per tweet. So the, it, it counts as long as the tweet is printed and placed into a mailbag. So does your postmistress still have issues with the amount of mail that you get here from the trail show? No, because we have our guinea pig actually go to the little mailbox and get the tweets. He's just big enough to get the tweets and bring it to us. It's fantastic, dude. I should tell you about the time that I sent a Facebook post that made it to Instagram and then over to Twitter and then on to Dig and then back Donations. to Pinterest. All right. Every month we've got... Diane Pinkers, Tim Harrell. Yes. Bobby Walters. The Bobby Walters. That's correct. The studio is named after her. Mm-hmm. That's why she's the Bobby Walters. Elizabeth. Giganti. Or, Giganti. Or Giganti. Giganti. Jigga, jigga, jigga. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Elizabeth. Getting jiggy with it. Sorry. Getting jiggy with Elizabeth. Okay. Matt Murray. Bernard Wolf. Bernie Wolf. Russ Kinder. Craig Gully. 
Gully Bra. Justin Quality Knowles. Quality. Buddy Sessoms, who Buddy was Sessoms. the first person to have a friend bring us beer, by the way. Yes. That is incorrect. Oh, sorry. It was the Nash Rambler. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Very sorry, good. Nash Ramble. But Ramble. Buddy's right up there, though. He is. Yep. He sent us that good Florida beer. Uh-huh. Uh, Ken Steinhoff. And then Thank you, Ken. our one-offs this this month is Patrick Dixon. You've heard of Donner? This is Dixon. Thank Patrick you. Dixon. Ooh. Oh, what a great hey, holiday hey. joke. Oh, my oh. gosh. That was so fantastic. Wow. Yep. I laughed. I cried. Wait, what was it better than? Um, oh. And let's give it up for Cats. our... Beer sponsors again this month. We had Mr. Johnny Rocket from Albuquerque, not from Texas, but he's from Texas. And we also had Mr. Stilt, Steve Fitzgerald from Maine. Thank you both. And we've still got more beers. We still we especially have some more of those Texas beers hanging out in the ether that we That's need right. to get into. Shinerbach, is it? Texas no, is making no, some good no. beers these days. Lone yeah. Star. I, I'm surprised. They look good by the labels, man. I know, I know. I like that bourbon stout or I don't see many Texas beers for sale here in Colorado, though. Which is weird. Well, I will have but, to say that. you know, we've got so much. I think there's a little bit of, you know, anti-Texan prejudice here in Colorado, <laughs> and therefore uh, it's probably think? very difficult you think? very difficult to market your Texan beer in Colorado. You know, I bet if we're in southern Colorado, quite serious, we see some yeah. Texas beer. Hmm. I think they're just too new. I, I, too I, new? I think, yeah. I mean, it's just in the past, like, two years or so, they're uh, really starting to, like, come out into their own. Can I have a Texan Texas flag, please? Yes. We've got two Just back here. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to stoke the campfire. Okay, you All go right. ahead and do that. C- and can somebody grab some more beers? We need to crack open. Should we take a, a Scooby? Would you we mind? Take a little break. Thank you. No, 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 no. We need to get into Mag's Media's musings because oh, we've got so sad. Two things. Two videos to review. One of which I have to say has, was my favorite review so far of the entire trail show. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, Mags, I don't well, want to steal your thunder. Please. We have a short five-minute pre-show by one of our listeners, Wesley Crusher Trimble. And only Scooby and I get a whole Wesley Crusher reference. Cr- Wesley Nerds. Crusher. And by the way, Nerds. Crusher was on the Boulder Brew Hike. Yes, he yes, was. Yes, he was. And he did a wonderful, wonderful job for the CDTC campaign. He actually did the video. Oh, I didn't realize that. The second video to help promote the campaign. The Indiegogo campaign. Yes, he did that. He did a fantastic job. He also did a Colorado Trail video um, before this PCT one. But the one we're talking about is this PCT one. Uh, he has yeah. a, a mild form of cerebral palsy, and he hiked the entire Pacific Crest Trail. It was just a very inspirational short video we have on our Facebook page. Yeah, about four minutes long. And it was just nice to see something positive and wonderful. And just the joy he had of hiking this trail, was just it just came right through. And he, he yeah. did a really good job on the video. Yeah, yes. it was really well made. Yeah, and yeah. it'll... Size. I think we've already posted it on our Facebook we page. Have. And I think we've actually already posted it on our Twitter feed, but yes. I'll, I'll double check. But anyway, if you haven't seen it, check it out. And his Colorado Trail one is well worth viewing as well. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, and again, he did the one with the, the Real Hiking Viking for um, the CDTC, well worth watching. And I'll put in a plug-in for our local trail org. If you can, give to them. It's a great organization. You know you can buy a lot of plastic crap. Give a donation. It'll last forever. There you go. That's right. And now for the the main event, we watched Return to the Wild. And it's interesting. On PBS. Because before, I'd heard that Chris McCallis' sister had put out a that book. That is correct. But I didn't realize there was also a video <laughs> about... <laughs> What's going on over no, here? Nothing's happening well, over here. What was interesting about the book is that I guess John Krakow worked really closely with the sister. 
And the sister asked John Krakauer, please don't release these things about our family. Wait, wait, wait. We need to back up. So you, when you talk about Jan, John Krakauer. So he wrote Into, Into the, the Wild. Wild. You're right. So Into the Wild, of course, about Chris McCandless, this very well-known book about the very young man who um, essentially gave up all his worldly belongings, hitchhiked across USA. And his, and his trust fund. And that's what I'm saying, gave up yeah. all his belongings. I know, but that's important to $25,000. To Oxfam. Yeah. Oxfam. And gave that all up Whoa. and hitchhiked across the USA and eventually, of course, made his way up to Alaska. We walked into the wilderness and, for various reasons, passed away. John Krakauer wrote a book about it, and he actually was in touch with the family, including uh, his sister. And Chris McCandless' sister asked him very pointedly, please don't include these very personal family things in it. Right. And he complied, much to his credit. Yeah. Fast forward many years later, a lot of people were saying why he... Chris McCandless did what he did because he was suicidal and he had a death wish. Dot, 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 dot. And the sister says, no, I'm going to tell the truth. And John Krakauer actually wrote the introduction to the book. Oh, really? Yes. And that's, I mean, he, they had a very, very close relationship, apparently. And in between the two books, of course, there was the Sean Penn movie that came yes. out. And apparently, Chris's sister let Sean see Touch some, upon of, a little some bit. of the letters. And there was a scene in the movie that kind of touched on... Some of the family trauma, the family trauma that was going on in his household. Abuse, yes, it was and, abuse. But this movie, Return to the Wild, really dives into that whole aspect of this story, which no one really knew about. Until A lot now. of family. It went to. Um, he had two families essentially. The father, yeah, they find the war. He's physically abusive, emotionally abusive. Five kids to the wife, the first but not to the kids. Family. Not to the kids. You're right. To the wives. Um, the, the the interesting thing is is yeah. So he had. Uh, Five kids with this one woman, right? And the the fifth kid was born right before this kid Chris was born. Like with, they were within two, two months. months. Yeah. And then even after that, he they, had another kid with the first with the wife because he wasn't sis- married to Chris's mom yet. Yeah. So also, like, I don't think Chris realized until he was like an adult or at least high school age. That, yeah. That he was born while he was still married to the other woman. Yeah. Yeah. So all this family baggage and emotional abuse. And he saw this happen to his mother, all this emotional abuse. And, and it, physical abuse. And physical, it sounds yeah. like. And he just wanted to get the heck out. And like many of us through the years, uh, myself included, you seek um, health and healing and reconciliation through the wilderness. Sure. Well, and I think the reason, one of the reasons I think it was so interesting is because I haven't read the book into the wild. I haven't what? seen the. Mo- I haven't seen the movie. What? I haven't either. I, I haven't mean, either. None of it. But I knew the what? story. I knew the story. But the thing that was so interesting about this what? story is that it made it so. It makes the story so different. Yes. Because yes. into the wild is about a young kid who's kind of drifting and wants to find himself and goes to Alaska and then gets in a situation he can't get out of and dies. This story, I don't even think is about healing. I think this story is about. A kid who was so damaged because, it, you know, it says in the, in, the, in the movie, the mom says to the kids after one of her beatings, she says, I'm sorry when I got pregnant with Chris, I got stuck with your dad. So his whole life, he's carried around this guilt, it seems like, of hi- him being the reason that his mom is in this horrible relationship. And the, the, the take that I got from it was it wasn't just about healing, but more he went out there to lose everything about his identity to rediscover himself, to remake himself into a different person, you know? If I may, um, I don't want to get too much detailed, but people here know 
some details of my own personal childhood. It wasn't easy at times. And unfortunately, a lot of that video just really, for better or worse, resonated with me. We'll leave it at wow. that. Yeah. Well, we won't go into the details for sure, our listeners. Sure. I've talked off the air about it. But regardless, where for Chris, it was losing himself. For me, luckily, it was more, you know, there but for the grace of God go I. It was indications that he was ready to move on. Yeah. And yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, he was, we've all, I know I've done stupid things in my early 20s. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I really, I mean, I was lucky. I think most of us were in yeah. our 20s. Right. If things were a little different for me, we'd be closer to 50 now. He might be working a nonprofit as an executive. Talking about the stupid things he did in his 20s. Sure. But he might have been, he might have healed. He might have found the wilderness a healing thing. That was That was sort of like the most interesting point is, you know, at day 66 or whatever, it was like depart bus. And so he, like, he got up to go. Like, like he was the, ready. Yeah. The day after he had read uh, the family, whatever yeah. it was. Family Happiness by Fam- Tolstoy. There you go. I, you know, he was ready to leave, and yeah. then he was stopped by the, the flooded I river. Think, yeah. I think that's just the saddest and part of the whole uh, Into yeah. the Wild story is just yeah. right there. It's like, okay, I, I've made amends. I'm ready to go back. Yeah. It, it's so, and, I mean, all these know? things go on in my head. Yeah. I was like, what is he going to do next? You know, mm-hmm. I was like, where does he go from here? And that would be, you know. And that's what I'm saying. He tried to get away, which, again, many people have done. But he also found some healing. When he's ready to be healed, when he found what he needed from the wilderness and the solace, things went bad. And yeah. if things were just a little different, we would probably have never have known about this guy. Yeah, it's true. He probably would have, yeah, might have true. had two kids. And yeah, sure. he did some stupid things. But again, we all have. God knows I have. I mean, I think it does. Dumb things my buddy and I did, like driving to a diner in a snowstorm and having too many beers. Not proud of it. Yeah. But that was my early 20s. You do stupid crap like that. The thing that left me spellbound by this whole movie was watching both his mom and his dad on denial. camera. Oh, yeah. Super denial. But not only that, watching their body language which, with, with each other, which was basically non-existent, but also hearing the, the denial. You've got three of their children saying that this abuse happened, and then you've got them sitting there denying everything. And it's... And did you I, I, I was just sitting there with my jaw on the ground most of the time, just watching this, thinking like, and in particular his mom. And Pod and I talked a little bit about this um, after we watched it. And you know, there's something that goes on with women that are abused that stay in relationships with the abuser. And I don't. I mean, who knows what happened with with the parents, but. <sighs> Just watching that, watching them on camera, I was just really taken aback. It was really weird. And did you notice that that the the wife, the mom, almost never spoke? Mm-hmm. I mean, mostly. I mean, who knows? That was could be editing too. Could I be. Mean, who knows? Could be. But yeah, disco was. Like, I mean, it is weird. And I mean, I never want to cast judgment on women that stay in abusive relationships because that's such a complicated situation, and it's really easy to say why don't they leave? But um, there's a lot of reasons that women stay in those those situations. But, yeah, it was really weird to see that. The, the girls haven't had communication with their parents in years, you know, to because of this issue. To me, the most telling scene was where the sister and the her half-sisters were at this bus, and they just broke down crying, not just because of seeing where their brother passed away, which is important, of course. Right. With that one line, everything else. Yeah. Like, I mean, their family history drove their brother to this. 
who knows what could have been different. I mean, it was a it was a tough, tough document. Very good. Yeah, it, it was really, but I it was very great. difficult. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Adriana and I just looked at each other like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, everyone, you know, most of the folks listening to our show and most of the folks in the outdoor community know this story, or at least they thought they knew this story. Yeah, that's the thing. But this documentary and her book really changes the whole thing. And what I know? like to give John Krakauer credit, he was asked not to put the stuff in his book. And he didn't. And, and he did. He did yeah. not. But you know what? You know what? Not putting this stuff in his book made his book probably the bestseller that it is. Because if you yeah. included this stuff, it's going to it's gonna make the story just a hell of a lot more grim than Oh, it, than yeah. But I mean, book, I, I, you know? I do wonder what the book would be like had it been included. Like Grim. Would, grim. You know, the a thing lot was more grim, grim already, right? Well, I mean, yeah. A young it, man it was, goes to Alaska and it dies. Was, you know, but I don't I mean, think it was nearly as grim as bringing Maybe it's just abuse. too close to home, eh? I, I, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But also maybe. the sister asked him. What, you say, what are you saying, man? What are you saying? Well, I, I mean, you know, n- not everybody has family members that go into the wilderness and just pass away. But That's true. there's a lot more people out there that I think are victims of domestic abuse. Yeah. So yeah, for it, sure. it's a different story. Yeah, that's true. It would be a different story. I don't. I don't think he did it to sell the book, though. I think he did it out no. of compassion towards. Yeah. No, oh, I, I agree with that. But I think that that was one of the unintended side effects of true, not bringing true. that into the book is that it was able to be the monumental. Well, it was best a little more seller. romantic. Yeah, it was a lot more romantic. It was able to become the yeah. bestseller that it is without bringing out these grim aspects of domestic abuse and. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway. it, it's a pretty heavy documentary, but I would be interested in seeing what you know. Trail Show folks think about it. We posted a link to it on our Facebook yeah. page. and It's on PBS. It's free. Watch it. Yep. Tell us what you think. Yeah, tell us what you think. I also I looked into this a little bit, and um, I, when the book came out, the, the sister's book, Return, was it Return, Return to the to Wild? The wild. Yeah. Return to the Wild. Yeah, um, the, the family, uh, Walt and Billy, put out a statement where they're like, oh, yeah, this is a totally fictionalized account of what happened. And they put out their own book, too, by the way. It was a collection of photos. Yeah, they, uh, they touch on that in the film. Yeah. Uh, a collection of photos when Chris was traveling, not yeah. just Alaska, but throughout the U.S. And talked to that one gentleman from Iowa or whatever he's right. really yeah. close to. And, South Dakota. Um, that one woman who reminded me of a trail angel on many of the trails. Just this really sure. big-hearted, wonderful, kind woman who took Chris in, yeah. who was obviously very close sure, to Chris. Sure, I may have missed Janet. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It really just a wonderful, big-hearted, kind, loving woman. She lived down in Slab City. That's yeah, where yeah, yeah. Chris met her. And just reminds me of so many wonderful people I've been on the trails. But in any case, I mean, just travels with her, and I, I'd be actually curious to see that book too. I would, I would too. but I wouldn't want to pay any money because it goes into mom and dad's pocket. Yeah, it's mixed, mixed emotions. There. You know, it, it, it was interesting though. Like the, the first thing they, that, that they show Walt and Billy, the parents, and. Walt's wearing that gold chain around his neck. I was like, "Huh, this guy is kind of weird." <laughs> and then, then they're all t- see. I didn't, I didn't know what, what was coming into this story when I when I, I didn't went into it. I was like, "This is an into the wild story." I know some about this, yeah. and um, you know, they're saying, "Oh, it was, it, was a, it was a happy childhood," blah blah blah. And they're, you know, the way the doc, the the producer, the director put this together, he. He was basically showing that you know the, these mom and dad were like happy. They thought their family was awesome, and then you know they're saying all this stuff. And meanwhile, the sisters, on the other hand, are saying these horrible tales of abuse. Yeah. 
And I was like, wait, do they realize? Did they tell the parents like what's going on? But I think they did. I think they know. I think they well, absolutely know what they're being interviewed for. It's just they're in complete and total denial. Well, on paper, yeah. they have the American dream. He's a he was literally a rocket scientist. I mm-hmm. mean, design. They had a very good, you know, nice, beautiful home. They made a great salary. He put his kids through college. I mean, Chris had twenty five thousand early nineties dollars. That's what forty forty five thousand sure. after college, mind yeah. you. Right uh, out of college, yeah. Uh, of a nest egg. Some would call that a that's, modest trust fund. Well, that, that's like <laughs> that's a decent year's salary for many people. Forty, Heck forty-five. Yeah, man. Out How of many through hikes is that? But I'm saying they had a very on paper. They were very active in their church. They're sure. like the model family. Be open up the door and look behind it. Yeah, not so much. Watch the documentary if you get a chance. You be the judge. See what you think, and uh, let us know. We'd be curious to hear. And don't watch when you're depressed. No. <laughs> All right, when we get For back. For God's sake, don't do it. But if you're feeling depressed, do go back and purchase last month's uh, Media Mag's Musings, which was the fastest known time of the Appalachian oh, Trail. Oh, God. Because that'll perk you right up. <laughs> or, yeah. Or, yeah. Our last show, Look on the Bright Side of Life. Oh, there you go. Oh, there it is. Oh, man. All right, when we come back, we have Ask a Hiker with Dilo, and we've got a gear review that is holiday centric. Two months in a row. Attention, attention. The website you are looking for is thetrailshow.com. Trail show. Less gear, more beer. All right, beer check-in time. I think we've opened almost every single beer at this point. What do we have from Texas over there that we we just crashed? We've gotten to the Copper, the Temptress. We have a bunch of beers from Texas. We've got the the Temptress, which is an imperial milk stout from Lakewood Brewing. And and actually, Mags put it in a bottle and is drinking it. It's Garland, Texas. It is my favorite beer of the night. Oh, there you go, Johnny Rocket. It's just lovely, velvety. Just luscious milk style. <laughs> he just <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, Mags. Keep Calm. it in your pants, bro. He didn't, listeners, even, he listeners. didn't even share. He just poured it all into his glass. <laughs> listeners, and was like, oh, Mags's oh, can... hands were just all over the place during what he just said. They, I mean, his hands were just like doing this beautiful dance. He looked like he was about to speak in tongues. <laughs> yeah, his hands were just dancing. It was really mesmerizing. If it, I would say, ciao, Bella. What else, Scooby? You got the wit beer over there? Yeah, yeah. We've got the community wit beer. I like that one. That one was excellent. It's just a tad sour. I like it. I'm not a Sours fan, but that one is good. Yeah, this one's from Dallas. So uh, it actually won the 2014 Gold World Beer Cup. What uh, brewing company is that? It's Community Beer Company. Okay, very good. And what else? We got into... We've got uh, Rising Tide Ishmael. That's the Uh, copper. it's, It's a copper ale. And that's the one Stilt said was his favorite. Really? New, New World Hops, Old World Tradition. Ooh. Now, Stilts, I have that's to disagree with you. I really like hoppy beers. No, I, I do too. And But I got to say that <laughs> that Crystal Persuasion from Somi. Yeah. Oh, that was good. I still don't know what it is, but it's it's 
It's but you lingered. know, I, I feel like the stouts that we've drank tonight have really just been the most memorable. I think only because they are the the most different, really. Yeah. I mean, it's that winter yeah. time. Yeah, we've drank like how many different beers tonight? 16? We're working on 14 plus one cola. 14 different beers. We've also got a deep alum IPA. We, we haven't cracked that open yet. And that one's from, I may have tasted that yesterday. Uh, that one's from <laughs> Texas. What what brewery Wait is Wait a minute, that? time It's out. deep alum from Dallas, Texas. From how, Dallas, Texas. How did you taste that beer yesterday? I thought that it these was, beers were delivered here tonight. And, and, uh, it was crazy. That's apparently duo. the flagship beer of that brewery. Disco may have tried a couple of the other ones, too. My question was FYI. not answered. Uh, okay, D-Lo, I, I can't speak on that. You can submit but, uh, that question for next month's Ask a Hiker. Maybe I'll do just that. But for Speaking this month's Ask a Hiker, we have two questions Two questions. Here. Okay. The first one, Bookworm Hiker writes, I love the trail show. I wait with anticipation for each month's episode and then listen to it all in one sitting. Just Sometimes, like, just like Squatch, without even taking a bathroom break, <laughs> and then I listen to back not like Squatch, and then I listen to back episodes until next month's episode is out. I think I have a problem. Anyway, my question is in regards to literature. Coming into the winter months, I find myself with lots of time to read on the long dark nights. Does the Trail Show have any favorite hiking books they can recommend to us listeners to whet our appetite for trail until daylight and warmth return? Stumbling uh, through. A yes, Digger Stoles. Stumbling through by A, Dig- A Digger Stoles. Excellent, excellent. You know what my favorite like hiking walk book is, I think, of all time? Why don't you tell us, dude? And I read it when I was probably like in my mid, mid-20s. It's Good Night Moon. The Long Walk? No, I, li- I like Good Night Moon, but no, it's uh, A Walk Across America by Peter Jenkins. Oh, yeah, it's a classic. It's oh. a classic. It's a very classic. It's not really hiking, but it's walking, and it's just a great book. There was a sequel, A Walk Across America I think America I read that, too. too. It, it's like kind of when he read back, walked back. Yeah. Well, he met you know, his wife in Louisiana. Then yeah. he, they walked together. And you know what? I'm f- oh, sorry. I was going to say, by the way, a guy I hiked a good bit with in the southern Appalachians on the AT-99, he actually rented a house from Peter Jenkins. Oh, no ah. kidding. And Yeah, and just kind of randomly rented a house from this guy, didn't really know about him, and then went on to do his own AT through hike. and. Oh. So they kind of, it was kind of a neat little connection Interesting. there. Interesting. Yep. I was going to say another book that I really like, that if you think about hiking a little more abstractly as a journey, my favorite one of my favorite journey books is The Alchemist. Oh, yes. It's a really, really easy read, and it's all about kind of putting yourself out there and going on a journey. Hmm. It's, it's about a route versus, route versus trail. Disco. I'm a big fan of this whole genre. Of books, and I actually uh, have a couple I'd like to recommend. Oh, please do. I've mentioned this one before, but if you haven't read Fire Season by Philip Connors, go get it. Part of it takes place on the CDT. CDT is kind of um, in the background, but it's it's phenomenal writing. Also, Jumping Fire by Murray Taylor. He was the oldest smoke jumper in U.S. Forest Service history, and he had some interesting stories. The Sex Lives of Cannibals by Martin Troost. Very interesting book. He's a guy, him and his wife lived in D.C., and they moved to an island out in the South Pacific and lived there for two years. Um, Red Summer by Bill Carter is about his time uh, working in the Alaska fishing industry, and he's an excellent writer. And finally, Halfway to Heaven by Mark Abmasek, who was basically an everyday Joe that did decided to do all the Colorado 14ers in his 50s. And, you know, it kind of made the whole 14ers thing approachable to me. I've never been a peak bagger, really interested in that. 
But after I read his book, uh, P.O.D. and I went up and hiked Mount Yale. So and, and it didn't inspired you, uh, me to do a 14er. Didn't you puke afterwards and weren't you sick for days? I did not puke. However, I was sick for three weeks with a heinous sinus infection oh, slash bronchial infection slash just general right. you know, malaise. Yeah. Mags. Well, one book I always recommend for people into the Appalachian Trail. It's called an Appalachian Trail Reader. <gasps> Ooh, it, I haven't it, read that. It's it's in my book club. It's very dog-eared. It has um, poetry from Thoreau. It has ecological studies from various foresters. It has mm. accounts of early through hikers and more modern 1990s through hikers. Rather, it's the editor describes it as a patchwork quilt. And takes different facets of the Appalachian Trail experience, geology, history, firsthand accounts. It's just a wonderful, wonderful book of not just the Appalachian Trail, but the Appalachians itself and the culture so around it. Do you have a sign out here for people to come and That's check right. it out? That's right. Yeah, can people uh, check it out? I have a pretty good book collection, if I do say so. Isn't that nice, guys? It's very so. nice. Can nice. people check it out from the mags? Library? I don't believe in collecting things. What are the hours of? The it's mag- not collecting because I just love to read. What are I the hours the of the uh, mags public library? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not a public library. Uh, the second book, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, second book is on the beaten path. Oh, it's a phenomenal AT book. That's it's my probably favorite the best one. Through hike book period. Yeah, you know, as far as a non-fictional account of through hiking, and the third book I recommend, and the last one is by Colin Fletcher, speaking of the journey aspect, River. It's about a journey from the source to sea of um, the Colorado River. He starts in Wyoming in the Wind River Range and goes to the Gulf of California. And it's just a wonderful riff. I mean, Colin Fletcher. He wrote The Complete Walker, right? Copies right there. Uh, The Mignanti Library's here. Uh, He's got every outdoor adventure book that's ever been written. Yes, and well, I don't know about that, but he was just a wonderful writer. You look at more modern books about the outdoors. They're very functional, and they're very well written, but they're very just functional, like sure. engineering manuals. Yeah. Let, let's, let's take it back to a, a more modern book that we reviewed on the trail show recently just to kind of close out this question here. Okay. A Digger Stoltz, Stumbling Through. Beautiful modern book. Oh, but that, that's not that's about fiction. that's fiction though. That, well, it's I might I almost might call it no. Historic. It's a great book. Could you call it historical fiction? Yes, of course. It yeah. was, it's, but, it's, it's realistic. Yeah, historic. but well, historical fiction is fiction that's kind of blends history, but with some historical. Well, I'm facts, saying a lot right? of modern outdoor books yeah. uh, that are more nonfiction about how to guys are very bland yeah. and engineer manual like. Uh huh. And something like Colin Fletcher, just wonderful language. Hmm. And A. Digger Stoltz's books in that same genre. Just yeah, I didn't know we, it couldn't be. We can't do fiction books. No, no, I'm just you saying do any oh. books. That's the question was hiking books. Any oh, books okay. to whet the hiking appetite during the dark. What cold about winter nights? One of the greatest books of all time, I hike. Oh, geez. And on that note, <laughs> where's my music? Yeah, Dilo, please. <laughs> question number two is from Fancy Nancy the Fourth, who writes. What? Dear Trail Show... Well, there's a lot of fancy Nancys. Okay. She's the fourth one. Yeah. So, dear Trail Show hosts, I've been following along with Pepper and Trauma's southbound winter thru-hike of the PCT on Facebook, and honestly, I find it crazy. <laughs> I mean, it must be so cold and wet, and I seriously doubt that a pair of Costco bread bag vapor liners are really, really going to keep their feet from being dangerously cold all day long. So my question is whether you think this is crazy like I do. Please discuss and try not to let D-Lo get too deep into his cups during your discussion. <laughs> Thanks. Too late. too late for that. And uh, I love 
Love, love the trail show. Did wow. anybody see that picture of Pepper's really disgusting frostbite on Facebook? And if he had vapor barrier liners, it may not have happened. I don't think so. So no. I think is that legitimate? He's got legitimate frostbite. Oh, it's disgusting. It's well, aren't you supposed ugh. to kind of tend to that? Yeah, and I think actually what I've heard about frostbite is that the worst thing you can do if you have frostbite is for it to thaw and then to go back out and have it freeze. Oh. Because what I've heard is that if you get frostbite and it stays frozen, there's a good chance that it can heal. But if you get frostbite and then it thaws and then it refreezes and then it thaws and refreezes, adios. And All right. once you get frostbite, your fingers are very sensitive after that. Well, the frostbite, but you know what? It's on their feet, right? It's, it's on his like, heel. Let's call him. I'm sure. I'm sure, <laughs> sure. I'm sure he's got. got I think there's a satellite uplink. I'm sure that in the midst of that crazy <laughs> winter storm that's hitting hey, California Sean, right now, uh, leave a message and I'll get back to you. Ugh, let's leave a message. <laughs> uh, Pepper, we want to know about that black spot on your foot. This is the trail show, by the way. And what's going on with that? Did you cut it out yourself? Are you seeking medical assistance? And we have an Ask a Hiker question what's, here. What's the Amish tradition when it comes to frostbite? That's what we need to Pepper, know. man, if you've got legitimate frostbite, man, you need to get off the trail. Yeah, you do. Or just cut it off, man. Just cut off your heel. You don't need that part of your foot to hike. Yeah, you don't need your heels to hike, just your legs. We hope you're enjoying your hike, Pepper. Bye. All right. Say hey to trauma for us. <laughs> Bye-bye. And there he goes with so, frostbite. So what do you guys think? I mean, is this just nuts or what? Oh, they're experienced. They both have winter experience. Yeah. As long and they've already said they're going to get off the official PCT if need be uh-huh. in certain areas. Oh, then that invalidates the whole through hike. That's right. Ah. I think they're two guys <laughs> with an incredible amount of experience, knowledge, and wisdom, and I think it's crazy. Yeah. I don't think so. I think it's <laughs> a calculated risk, and they won't do anything more than they can there. Incredible. More than they think they can. I don't know. I think they're incredible outdoor <laughs> athletes, and they're going to do great. But and are they mathletes? What? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> mathletes? No. I, I've talked a good bit with Pepper, and I would have to say no on that one. He's not a mathlete. And as far as the vapor barrier liners, Skirka did his North Country thing into the icebox using yeah. VBLs. They work. That's right. Dilo can attest to that. He biked to your house during the last show with VBLs. So apparently Pepper doesn't know about this. A no, lot of people I don't. saw the pictures of their VBLs. Well, then what's up with his foot? I, I don't know what's it's up with his black. foot, man. I don't know. Maybe the, that's what I'm saying. Maybe I the mean, his, his ankle looks like a burnt I match. think that's what our listener, yeah. Fancy Nancy the Fourth, is saying here. It's like, okay, guys, I know that vape, you know, plastic bread bags are going to work, but are they really going to work when you're walking through like that much snow and water? In those, you know, drastic temperatures, day in and day out, are they really going to work for, you know? Yeah, probably not. And there's so many variables, too. I mean, I yeah, they might people, work. Sure, they I've might known work. people have gone through colder temperatures than that with yeah. BBLs, and they're just fine. There's other variables, too. Well, Pepper and Trauma, stay safe out there. Keep on rocking in the free I've world. I've definitely been thinking about Send us a postcard. Send us a postcard. And by the way, isn't that the whole Pineapple weather. Express like descending upon yes. them in it northern? It has descended. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious about their well-being at this point. I think they're hmm. going to do fine. I, no, I, I know. I'm just messing with them. If anything, they'll do better once real winter comes because they can switch to skis and make more distance. Right now, they're post-holing or using snowshoes. Dila, what else do you have, sir? Those are the only two questions. And I would just like to remind our readers that (laughs) every month, every month, we will answer your questions here on the trail show. 
So send in your questions to D-L-O-W or D-L-O-W at thetrailshow.com. Let us know what you're, what's on your mind, and we'll, we'll talk about it here. We love to hear from our listeners. We do. You know what time it is. Oh, it's time yeah. to rock out. Oh, yeah. Nice host. Nice host. All right. Oh. Whoa, Max. Whoa. <laughs> Epic beer fell over there. Nothing Epic happened. Beer. Nothing, Nothing spilled. Happened. Nothing spilled? They're all empty. Yeah. Okay. No, they're not all empty, but they didn't spill. Okay. Gear review, which we do every month because we love gear. We love gear. We're doing another seasonal appropriate gear review. Okay. So you buy a Christmas tree at Home Depot, let's say. Whoa, that, hey. that, that was the scoopster here. Okay. So you see the little Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You see the icicles. You know what else you find? A Christmas tree disposal bag. You know, you can... You put Wait your, a minute. A what? Oh, yes. Christmas You're tree disposal bag. You, now, can, is you it need to put your Christmas tree in plastic. Paper? Why plastic? wouldn't you just burn your Christmas tree, man? Why wouldn't Not you just always possible. It? Not always possible. Not? You, Nobody's in your parking lot right now. <laughs> just burn a Christmas but tree out there. Man. You know what Christmas know. tree disposal bags work for? A four-ounce, two-dollar emergency shelter in your day pack for Dude, winter activity. Stop. Wait a minute. What? So it's plastic. But yeah. it's is it plastic. basically like a tube tent? It basically, yeah. a, a one is make a two-dollar, four-ounce emergency tent. shelter. It's like a bread bag, but. Bigger. But it's it's a person sized bread bigger. bag. Bigger, dude. It's seven feet long. Oh my god. And four feet wide. It's a wow. human sized <laughs> condom with the reservoir tip cut off. That's right. It's ribbed for someone's pleasure. <laughs> for whose pleasure? Someone's. Okay, or you very could good. you could really you could burn a tree in your parking lot because those things, if you let it dry out, it go it burns oh, yeah. so and it's awesome. But Again, for four buck, you know, two bucks and four ounces, and not besides emergency shelter. Think of all the other uses you can use it for. Jeez. I'm trying to think of well, some. Well, I'm just saying, like, you just take your dead, your your dead and dried Christmas tree out into the street in front of your house at one in the morning. With set it some, on fire and run. Yeah, set a fire and then go run and watch it from like behind the house, and it'll be really fun, man. And if some motorist happens to come down the road at that hour. They see a burning tree and they stop. But but <laughs> if you're on, a I think there's whole biblical stories about that. <laughs> there could a burning well bush, be. man. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, that's the that's thing, though. Heavy. If you need to find a burning bush, you can use your Christmas tree bag to collect it and make your own burning bush. Or you could use it as help me out here. A burning bush. Hold on. Hold on. We're burning some bush. I do like it as an emergency shelter. I'm being uh, serious. What it's I, <laughs> but what I want to know is, if I use it as my shelter, can I burn my jeans inside of it? With a propane, <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd say no. <laughs> but you could put it right your jeans with your propane torches right in front of it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> or you could cut. You could cut it down, Max. You could cut it back. Whoa! Stop it! No! Please. But you know, <laughs> being serious, two bucks, four ounces. Emergency shelter for your day like pack it. during I the can't winter. I believe that that bag is four ounces. I mean, that I weighed a little. Oh, you it. bought one, bags. Do you have one? No, I have it. It's my ski pack. Are you going to expense that to the trail show account? That's right, the slush fund. Oh. I weighed it. It's Wait, like four point thirty ounces in the studio tonight. Mags, do you have what work going on in the back? It's the Christmas elves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little known no workshop. Uh, please stop! stop. No. Oh my God, I'm losing We're making it over cement here, shoes with people that piss me off. <laughs> cement <laughs> shoes with Jimmy Hoffa. It's Jimmy Hoffa. 
with a hammer. Submit shoes. Submit shoes. Oh man, I gotta run through. <laughs> they buried him under Soldier Field in the end zone. All right, is that it, Mag? Just shove it in your pack, and it, it's a great piece of gear. Just and shove it in your pack. <laughs> and it's two bucks. Does it, come, does it come with titanium? Comes with concrete shoes, D-Lo. It's <laughs> for the kids. <laughs> All right. It's a tart- part of the show where we end the show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. Thanks to all our monthly PayPal donors. Yeah. Hey, hey, can you can you kill that techno music for a second? No. Hey, a big <laughs> thanks. A big thanks to our friend Stilts. Thanks for having that beer delivered to Trail Show Studios. By the way, we met Stilts on the PCT in 08. And hiked a fair bit with him. And still hooked us up with the greatest info on hiking in Haleakala National Park. Because he That's used to work true. there. And big thanks goes to Johnny Rocket. Johnny Rocket, by the way, is friends with Almost Awesome and Possum. Oh, my and God. And the Noodleheads. We got to get Almost Awesome and Possum in the studio. Yeah. I know. Where do they live? Does they live in know? Tennessee. Oh, then they probably love my singing about Alabama. That, I'm <laughs> sure they do. Thanks to all our monthly PayPal donors. Keep those iTunes reviews coming, please. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com. Twitter, Trail Show. Facebook, The Trail Show. Instagram, The Trail Show. Cafe Press, The Trail Show. On Stitcher Radio and, of course, on iTunes. You can find us individually. I'm at L-A-W-T-O-N-G on Twitter. Mags is at PMagsCo. D-Lo is at D-L-O-W. P-O-D is at Felicia Darkness. And Scooby is at Comatose with a zero. Capital zero. That's Capital right. Capital zero. And you can always contact D-Lo at D-L-O-W at thetrailshow.com. Or D-L-O-W at thetrailshow.com. That's right, listeners. I have two email addresses. We've got all our bonus shows up on CD Baby. Go get them right now. They're going to help your long drives to those holiday festivities you're heading to. We'll be back in 2015 with more trail shows. Feliz Navidad. Happy New Year. Until then, for the Princess of Darkness, Max, Dilo, and Scooby, I'm Disco. Ciao. Merry Christmas, Hana Quantica. Happy Festivus. Go to Alabama. Happy Christmas. Alabama. Alabama. Just go there, man. I'm moving there. I Alab- want to get a hitchhike there. Yes, I'm going to hitchhike. I just want to go to Alabama for like two weeks and hitchhike around, man. Alabama. See how Alabama. You're going to have some moxie. He's or, not from Greenbow. Or flames coming out of your head. Moxie. <laughs> and that's show. It brings back memories of being 10 years old with the water coming over me on the shores of Rhode Island and sea kelp just hit me in the face. Dude, don't ruin my wilderness experience. Like Life the- is too short to drink crappy beer.
Sweet home Alabama. Yeah, where the skies are so blue. Sweet home Alabama. Maggie, over to you. Singing songs of the South. No, it's Lord, I'm coming home to you. And Birmingham, they love the governor. Now we all did what we could do. Now Watergate does not bother me. Can I have some of that IPA? <laughs> does your conscience bother you? Yeah, tell, tell the, the truth. truth. Uh. 